0: Oh, good evening. Oh, well, hello. Yeah, what's the date today? The 29th? Good evening. It's January 29th, 2024, right? 2024. That's the one because I stall for time. Uh, yeah, 2024. So uh, if you haven't noticed, uh, things are a little bit strange right now. And that's because uh, our producer um, has had no internet for the last about going on seven hours. Uh, so Sam here and I, uh, we're, we're doing this the backup way. We're backup streaming. So good evening to everybody. Uh, It is again, like I said, January 29th and welcome to a very special edition of the show uh, where at least I'm going to be sharing my list of hockey players uh, for the 2024 NHL draft. And we're going to, you know, go over Sam's a little bit as well and sort of compare and contrast and really get into it. Yeah. Yell at each other. I'm sure there's going to be some spirited discussions. Um, But before we get into that, uh, obviously got to do all the fun ad reads. So welcome to Scouching, Scouching, welcome to Scouching Live. Uh, I'm Will, and I'm brought to you uh, by, well, I'm brought to you by Sam McGilligan, my co-host. Um, and I'm also brought to you by Fanatics. You can use our affiliate link in the description below or scan the QR code in the box right over right over there next to Sam. Uh, and anything you buy in the store will give us a small kickback to support the show and keep our lights on, which is great. Uh, you can also support us. Both of us work over at Puck Preps as well. I just filed a couple of reports on the CHL Top Prospects game and the USHL All-American game. Both were... Tons and tons of fun, as you know. Um, and you can also get your CHL entry draft uh, information through that website. And also, you can subscribe, of course, to my website, scouting.ca, where you get exclusive access to innovative data tools with unparalleled insights into draft prospects and players making their mark in the NHL. And finally, we're brought to you by Fractal Hockey Consulting, which is the business I have founded. Uh, I appreciate the eyebrow raise. Um, we, uh, <laughs> where we put together player profiles using hand-tracked data profiles and analytics packages for ncaa and european recruitment but we are more than happy to service whatever your needs might be for your organization so sam you've been on vacation before we get into the before we get into the fun stuff we'll let some people file and how have you been how was you went you went where how was it what was the you know what'd you eat what's up i went to cuba i ate liquor
1: good man <laughs> i actually didn't really drink that much i just wanted to make the joke oh, yeah, okay. i really didn't actually yeah i, I got mostly you. just like did nothing for a week and it was breathtaking it was like yeah. 50 kilometer winds for most of it so i just sat there and got blown away oh well, yeah it was that's, amazing I mean, that's nice that I, was first time there it was i've never been it's
0: beautiful yeah to say the least i've i've Absolutely never incredible. yeah i've never been to cuba kind of always wanted to go i've heard Definitely the food recommend. is awful um, like, like <laughs> sickness inducing, but uh, Hey, what do you know? <laughs> did you not travel with modium Cause that's like a must have. Yeah. Okay. Well anyway, but you had fun. Absolutely. You had fun. And you had fun.
1: came back extremely like refreshed right. and mentally clear and had the most productive weekend I've had in like two years. That that's beautiful. That's a good thing. What was the, stuff. what
0: was the number one cocktail you had whilst you were away? Pina colada. A pina colada. Nice. So you're a pina colada man. Uh, yeah. Nice. But,
1: um, It wasn't by preference. It was by like, every time I went up to someone, they're like, we don't have that right now. And then I was like, wow, okay, (laughs) not a problem. I'll get this. And they're like, okay, we got that. And pina colada was the one that just seemed to work out the most. Okay. Other than like rum and punch drinks that were 80% rum and made me want to die. Oh, okay. I don't do those strong drinks anymore. I'm getting old.
0: Yeah. It it happens quick, man. Yo, I
1: I took a sip and just was...
0: Yeah, Friday... Friday night, I had two beers and it was 1.5 too many. It was crazy. (laughs) I I couldn't believe it, I I am so old. And if you don't think it's gonna happen to you, it'll happen to you. (laughs) It it happens. uh, I had one more question, but I forgot what it was. Oh, I was ju- I mean, all I was gonna say was that I'm more of a margarita man on the beach. I'm a—I'm a margarita guy, but you know, nice pina colada once in a while. They work as uh, the, they both yeah. work very they both, well. Yeah, they both work very well, that's very true. So, uh, the way this is gonna work is I will uh, walk through the top 32 names that are on my board. Um, if you haven't found it, you can go to scouting.ca and the blog with the full list is now available, so you can go check that out. Um, what I will do then is go through each of the top 32 and then uh, we're going to sort of go through the rest of the list sort of in big batches. Um, if you have any questions, of course, fire them away in the chat and we'll get to them and uh, have a look. Um, and then Sam and I are going to sort of compare and contrast our respective boards. Um, and I'm sure, Sam, you can feel free to stop me along the way yep. for input uh, and, and discussion. Um, so I guess without further ado, there's not much else to say except to jump right in at number 32. And I'm also going to fully admit that I kind of forget where I put these players. I locked it in a week this ago. That's why I asked yeah. the, if I could get yeah, the copy Yeah, I've of already list. forgotten. So I'm also kind of half be surprised by this. So this is going to be a good time. So we're going to start with the last pick. Uh, we're going to go 32 to one, by the way. Uh, obviously, you'll never, at, guess, who's yeah, you'll never guess who's at number one. Uh, Dean Latourneau probably as David Phillips said, top, top or EJ, EJ Emery. Um, but anyway, let's, let's start with number 32. I'm 95% sure I know who this player is. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So number 32, we got Miguel Marquez, uh, of the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Um, I, this is a guy who, uh, I think you agree, like once in a while you see some incredibly high end sort of highlight level skill and finish and, he was a very high draft pick in the WHL draft and has not necessarily found the true sort of potential in his game, but his second quarter of the season, I guess you could say, the first quarter of a season was kind of okay, but in the last 20 games, I'd say he's really popped. He's well over a point a game now uh, on a Lethbridge team that really needs uh, some offense. Um, the skill level is there pretty much everything is there. It's just a guy that you want the good stuff of more, right? Like yeah. you, you want him to, you want to coach him and motivate him and, and really just sort of get him going in the right direction and sort of bringing it more often. But I mean, he can, right? Like the skill level is there. We've both seen some really crazy stuff he's been able to the do. Um, You know, a couple of the games I've tracked of his, I've done three. One of them was outrageous um, in a good way. And so, yeah, I, I, I think Miguel Marquez uh, slots in. I mean, is he going to go much higher on my board from here? Maybe, but um, I think somewhere in the 25 to 40 range makes a ton of sense for him. And, uh, yeah, so we'll get through uh, – we'll, that we'll, we'll, we'll keep these relatively short, and then we'll decompress later. Uh, but, yeah, Miguel Marquez is the first one we're going over at number 32. So we're going down to 31. Thomas Galvez, your boy, uh, from Liberec in the Czech Republic. Uh, this is a guy who um is uh, both very, very interesting and also kinda scary to He's me. He's terrifying, yeah. which is
1: why I'm still a bit lower on him right now. Yeah. But like the desire to put him in the first round, it's a very tempting. Oh thing I succumbed to do right now.
0: I succumbed. I succumbed. He is
1: absolutely so much fun to watch
0: yes a very fun defenseman to watch if you're not aware Galvis is a 5'10 I think 5'10 defenseman oh it's right in front of me oh my <laughs> I was god wondering. I'm like what are you looking at <laughs> I forget what I'm capable of it's like uh, it's the things that are right in front of me but anyway um 5'10 defenseman but really crafty really creative really just clever really more than anything I, th- I think he's mobile but really gets away with sort of being clever and you know, that, that, that whatever you want to call it, deception kind of gear that he has. Yeah. It's all there. Dec-
1: he, he's good at providing misinformation.
0: Yes. And the only thing with Galvis, and it's a big only thing, is just the defending is not great. If he is in close quarters or in his own end, like he's not a very big guy, not super strong. And I don't think he generates the quickness and speed really to overcome that uh for a guy his this size This is where i'm at right now yeah as
1: much as i like i love offensive guys like galvis and he plays my style of offense and transition stuff uh, yeah. you can see and you can see like a clear path for even more improvement but uh, the defensive side it's like you can't be rushing the puck up the ice if you're stapled to the bench <laughs> because your coach is yeah. terrified <laughs> it's you, true right? Yeah, so I'm still kind of figuring this one out, but kudos to you for sticking to the optimistic side with him. Yeah,
0: I mean Galvis was in like the 35 to 40 range for me for most of the year, and then I watched a few of the guys that are like 28 to 35, and I just kept bumping them down and down, and or bumping them up. Uh, you know, bumping other guys down a little bit. Um, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a big swing if you're taking him in the first round, but I do not think he's going in the first no, round. Like, he'll this, be like a third. Or yeah. Like this is a guy who probably will go late second round, early third, and you're just making a hedged bet that you're going to get something out of him if it pops and you, there's risk, but I've been a big fan of him over the course of the season. And, uh, you know, I, but going into the season, I didn't really think he was that, that great at the, at the Holenka tournament. And, couple of games in czech republic or in the czech national league or in the czech extra league i should say uh he he kind of changed my mind a little bit yeah um so let's jump into number 30 and if number 30 is who i think it is people are gonna f- come for me with pitchforks and scream at me uh yeah it's consta helenius of uh Jukrit in the liga so this is a guy that everybody and their dog has at least what top 10 like, i'd say I-
1: like top Actually, you know what? No, I think I would say top 10. It's hard to find lists right now where he's not in the Yeah, top 10. like
0: we can look right now. Consta Hellenius is on average point 9. four, So he's ranked 10th overall on average. Uh, you also have him pretty low. 27. Okay, so there are a couple of outlets that have him beyond 10. Um, but nobody except you and I <laughs> has him be on 20 and I'm the only person who has him barely scraping into the second, into the first round. So I guess I have to explain myself on this. I have watched Consta Hellenius, I don't know, a lot. six or seven times this year, maybe more. Um, I just, I don't, it draft, there's, this draft has a number of players in it where if you're drafting them top 10, like there's a chance that. They really underperform for a top 10 pick. And with Helenius, like, arguably, I would say he's one of the smartest players in the draft. Just with his spacing, where he puts himself on the ice, especially at a men's level, you know, he reads play pretty well, but there's not that you, the guy doesn't really move particularly quickly. He's not particularly strong defensively in terms of physically strong. Um, you know, he's a guy who really, I think, gets by by sort of going to the net off puck, finding space, you know, generating chances, and his passing kind of remains more towards the perimeter. Um, His pass volumes are really low in the data that I've tracked. A lot of the data that I've tracked on him is very okay, I would say. And I just don't see, especially at five on five, I just don't really see a tremendous amount of super super high end upside but if you draft him for the way he thinks the game and you give him a few years to sort of get stronger and and get become a better skater and a more mobile skater and a more more agile player you could get something there because i mean again like we talked about this a few times over the course of the last few months like how many players are five foot ten in the national hockey league but not super high level skaters not you know, high without, level handlers. without yeah, high level handlers, super high end finishing ability, like shooting ability, and like Heleneus isn't bad, but but it's a question of he's, like risk to me.
1: Yeah, he's quite he's average above average to average at all tools across the board, and I find players in Liga, it's becoming a lot more evident in recent years that you can get away in that league by being really smart because it's a league that plays a very unique style of hockey. What was it you said the other day? They're they're like, well, it's like chess. Like it's like they're playing
0: chess, right? Like it's very, it's very methodical and like tactical and, not very exciting to like yeah it's not very exciting there's not a lot of pace yeah to it. and like,
1: pace is the name of the game in pro hockey yeah everywhere else especially the nhl and you can score a lot of points by being able to make outplay people in the chess move style of things yeah. but like you're not gonna have the time you're not gonna have the space and there's not a whole lot of that's the right way. Wow factor with Helena yeah. where you can see where it's like, okay, well, like, he's got that. So you can, you know, rely on that when pace comes up. It's like, I don't really know. Like, I don't think he's going to be bad and I don't think he won't play, Yeah, but I just don't really have too much of an personal interest drafting him. Cause it's hard to picture what role he'd have as a high. That's true as well. And it's like, what do you, like, I think my write-up started with, like, what are you trying to do with a top 10 pick? Because it's not, you know, take on all of this yeah. risk for what upside.
0: Right. And it's, like, again, know. it's it's a question of, like, yeah, I think you nailed it, right? Like, what's he going to be? Um, and, again, like, this is also touches on, like, the World Juniors to me. And how the World Juniors can be an interesting tool in an in a evaluator's tool set. Where it's, like, obviously I don't use the World Juniors as a barometer for a guy like Hellenius um, but I had concerns about him as a player going into that tournament because, and you would think looking at how much he's producing, that he would be a super, super high end, you know, he's up, up there with like Capo and Alex Barkov and Sebastian Ajo and all these other super high end NHLers. Um, but he goes to the world juniors. And I mean, when I spoke to people, the best thing I heard about him was that he looked good, but to me, I don't think he looked, I thought he was okay. Like I thought he moved the puck well.
1: He looked passable.
0: Yeah. He was fine. He, he deserved a spot on the team, but he didn't really move the needle. Like the guys on that team that I felt moved the needle were like Haminaho and Newman and, uh, and, uh, Halton and even a little bit and, and, and Yuri Lassila was another one. Um, and I just felt that Hellenius, you know, yeah, he's younger, um, but still, if you have a younger player at that tournament, who's going in the top 10 of the NHL draft, like they should be must watch TV if you ask me. And I just think he's okay. So I-, I could see him being like a complimentary guy in the NHL. I don't know if he's going to be a center. I don't know what, I- if he becomes a center in the NHL, I really don't really know what the NHL needs in a center. Cause he's undersized. He's not very strong, not the, not the highest pace guy, but just very smart. So I don't know how far that can take him. But for me, it's just, again, it was like other guys. I watched them and I'm going, I found this guy more exciting. I found this guy more exciting. Um, and there's more to this player and this player and this player. And it just kept, you know, bumping him down further and further. But again, probably one of the smarter players available. Uh, 29, we got Marcus Kearcy. And this is going to be another one that I think people freak out a little bit about. Um, Marcus Kearcy is a QMJHL defender uh, from Charlottetown, obviously, as you can see it. Um he's not the biggest guy either, 5'11, so you know, but he's not tiny. Uh one of the better mobile skaters, like if you look at mobility in the draft and the ability to sort of cover ice and just get around and close gaps and do all that fun stuff, he does it really well, but the rest of the picture is pretty murky. I think he's a great puck mover as well, like the way he fakes off pressure, uh creates new lanes, Um, you know, hits targets, especially even when he's got backwards momentum, he hits hard, crisp passes out of the defensive end, for example. Um, He can be pretty daring in the offensive zone as well. He can really push into the offensive zone pretty well. He's generated really good offense um, for Charlottetown. Granted, quite a bit of it is on the power play, but I do really think there's a lot of potential with him. And this is a guy who, according to Central Scouting, is probably maybe not even a guy that gets drafted. Um, but I really do think that there's a lot to like with him, uh, and I, I I just I don't I don't I, I think this guy might not end up super super high on my list at the end of the year. But I just keep watching him, and the last couple of games I've seen of him, and I think you watched him recently, or was it someone else? It was me. Uh, yeah, and he was not good. He was a guy. Yeah.
1: But the the strengths that you mentioned were there in little bunches and flashes, just enough where it's like. I see it. I just, mm, I'm not as sold, but I also (laughs) haven't watched one of those games where he was more consistent with it. He got a place in my second round, mostly just because there aren't a lot of whole players left who move. Yeah. Kind of shake off pressure like him. And to begin with, and that's such a high thing I value. (laughs) Yes. But as a, seeing the complete form of what he is right now, I'm not all there yet.
0: Yeah. I, I just think there's something there with him. Um, and you know, he's gonna either be quite good or he's gonna be an East coast hockey league guy scoring a point a game. Like I, I like if the puck's in his own end, he can fall behind, he can lose battles. There's a lot of tough spots for him in his own end. Um, but on the rush and and moving pucks up the ice and getting offensive and creative, he can do all that. It's it's a really interesting, uh, <laughs> it's an, it's a really interesting uh, interesting package. And if this is a guy you draft in the seventh round, uh, I'm happy. It's and a yes, trap. I know this might be this may very well be a trap, but uh, of all the guys in Quebec, I mean you've seen probably quite a few guys out of Quebec, and like he is one of the more exciting options there's not, there's not a many lot of
1: guys in Quebec
0: yeah like there's a couple of guys that I kind of like in Quebec but they're all five six and and once in a while you it's see a fun shame stuff how often yeah, that yeah it's a shame but it's, it's a
1: surprising amount of time yeah
0: but uh but Marcus Kiersey's on the board at 29 and uh he's not I'll tell you this he's not gonna go much higher ever on my board this is about as high as he'll ever be I also kind of put him here because I wanted to talk about him Um, but in any case, yeah. So that's, that's, that's that on him. So let's go to 28. Teddy Stiga, my boy, Teddy Stiga. What? Well, twenty eight. yeah, man. I mean, he could end up higher for sure, but yeah. I mean, you've got him higher than anybody by about a kajillion slots, but I, I really love Teddy Stiga. His, his all American game was great. I thought he played really well in that game. Um, part of it also is like, he's not perfect and there's a lot of guys from 28, I'd say from around here, maybe a little further back going all the way up to like 19, maybe who, you know, if you wanted to take Teddy Stiga 19, I, I, I would be okay with it. But, um, in any case, Stiga is, uh, the rambunctious guy on, on the NTDP this year, super high energy guy. He's played center. He's listed as a left winger, but I've seen him play center a few times this year as well which if he's I'm filled in, yeah, he's filled in there. And I think he looks fine doing it. Like he's a guy who will throw his weight around. Um, like we were talking about with uh, who was it? Mark, uh, not a Mark has Galvis. If you have the tools to sort of overcome a size deficiency in terms of foot speed and aggression, he's got it. I think um, great skill level, unbelievable, skill really level. good skill level,
1: not, a player, I think I wrote this one too. He's everyone talks about Stiga like he's some like five foot eight guy. Yeah, but he's like he's five ten. Right. This is out of date. Yes, he's five ten. Apparently, he doesn't look tiny on the ice. Like when I, I was thinking about it the other day I was like, is he? I can't tell. The camera angle's not the same. But is he? He looks bigger than Gavin. Yeah, Burnley looked. Yes, he's a great skater. Unbelievable skill level. And he loves to use it. I just love the... Like, he has no fear of trying anything or anybody. And if he gets hit, he just gets right back up and just, like, gets back up in someone's face. and Yeah. Like, he's got all the things you kind of want to see from a smaller player to hope that they're going to make it and he's not so small where you're just like oh he's feeble he'll break <laughs> right? You know like he's 5'10 like he can fill out a bit he's unbelievably quick he's super shifty he's got great hands he loves to set up awesome skill moves and kind of mislead people yeah he's driving the bus that cole eiserman is riding that is the also true pick
0: yes he drives that bus pretty good he
1: is the guy driving that bus cole yeah. eiserman is not doing it
0: yeah so yeah so that's it teddy stiga uh number 28 for me you 16 kinda, for me well yeah you love him I'm uh, a big fan. i i mean i think he's my top rated NT, ntdp guy that isn't eiserman um but anyway uh michael hage uh Hag hage i keep forgetting how it is on the broadcasts. Hague? Sure. Uh, he's a 27, uh, another guy who I thought had a pretty good all American game the other day as well, or last week, um, super, super skilled, super, super smooth, uh, in terms of the way he creates plays and moves the puck up the ice. Um, you know, he's a guy who can shoot and score. He's also a guy who can set up a play really, really well, not really the best team in Chicago this year with the steel. And he's really sort of, you can tell, I mean, he's putting up points on 36% of the team's goals when he's playing um, which is pretty darn good. And a guy who, again, I think will only be limited by his foot speed. Like if he can get quicker from a standing start and get quicker in a straight line and a little more efficient on his feet, you know, he can kind of, it kind of looks like he's skating hard and going places, but he kind of just doesn't really get anywhere that easily. Not, I mean that sounds terrible, but it's it, it, it's it's more just because the rest of the package is so good for him, yeah. Um, that there's like a lot of potential. It's just a matter of of uh, of getting there, and I feel like this is a guy you probably leave in college a couple of years and let him and let him shot. just. It, he's yeah,
1: definitely not one that you rush. The man. Yes. This guy had a very bad injury last year. Yes, he did. He missed a significant percentage of a season. And when he came back, he was – I remember watching him Yeah, like, he this was is not- the guy? Yeah. And then seeing him this year, he was, a, he was better but a little slower. And then it was around the end of October, beginning of November, where he was like, all right, I'm back into form. Yeah. And he pretty much caught up to all the people who had a year ahead of him in development. And he's neck and neck with all of them. Or at least almost all the top guys in the USHL this year. Yeah, he's in the like clear top four forwards of Connolly, uh, Sasha, Haig, and Mustard. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if by this time next year, he's kind of really killing it. Really, kind of starting to get ahead yeah. of some of those people that he's just catching up to now.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think Hage is a, a potentially a really great. I don't know I don't know if he'll be a center in the NHL but the skill level is there the brain the the way he sees the ice I've seen him another thing he does really well is like his unconventional pass options that he executes are like done are done really well like off the boards or trying to get pucks around guys or just his timing on like trailing forwards um it's all really good and I I think that that's also pretty high end like you don't see a guy who can move the puck and like time things as well as he does or put pucks you know it's you know like a billiards player off the boards trying to time things to get to guys in the neutral zone or into the offensive zone he's very efficient offensively and and i think that that goes a long way for him um so a couple of years in college and i think you could have a good uh pretty solid guy on your team uh let's go to 26 it's lucas peterson a guy who is on my board about as high as he will get because he is frustrating uh i really like him but that's some of the time. Um, I, 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 he's a player that I could probably have closer to 40 by the end of the year, but Pedersen's a guy who I think, you know, gets really gets going in a straight line really, really well. He's, he's got a lot of speed. He can chase down loose pucks really well. Um, I think he's a pretty creative playmaker off the boards. He can set plays up really well. Um, the issue is that you just want, it's like it's it's Miguel Marquez but ratcheted up right there's more there's more high-end pace um but Pedersen you know he you also see him disappear and be far too ineffective for longer than Miguel Marquez like Pedersen's a guy who does a lot of things when he when he's playing a lot of things are going his way somewhat often but it's that next step of I'm going to take over this 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 puck play or this situation, and then I'm going to make something happen.
1: I had a very recent viewing of him where I found myself frustrated, or I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And then there's that moment where, like, the big play can come, yeah. he suddenly becomes so, so passive. Yeah, he it just even, falls apart. He really – I'm also – I don't know if this is just a trend in the last two games. Excuse me. I think he's kind of reached a point, or maybe – he's kind of shying away from contact, which 100% never, like a lot more than he was before. And yeah. this is where I think that like, it's like, can I make this play? No, it means I got to get physical. And yeah. he just kind of backs off and yeah. it makes kind me of go, ho-hum. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yee. Like it's a guy who I think has high end talent and you can tell because he scores points. He goes international and he scores points. I think he's been better on the Swedish national team than he has been with Moto. Um, and I, I also will say, uh, I, I also will say that, um, the game he played where he played a few minutes in the SHL, he was kind of given her a little bit more than what I had seen, but this is a guy where if I was on a scouting team and a bunch of people just went, yeah, I don't want him cause he doesn't care enough. I wouldn't put up that much of a fight as much as I love the guy because it does look like that too much like a shocking amount it's like this is a guy who probably scored three points a game his entire life and now it's sort of getting a little bit tougher but he's still trying to be that guy yeah and it's really tough to do that sometimes Um, i wonder
1: if i'm watching him transition out of like being the top dude and he's just not gonna be catching up like this is just the beginning of a kind of a not a stagnation stagnation which fair when you watch marquez marquez has got that little bit of like test yes. to him yes. he doesn't care yep. he will do some dirty rat stuff yep. and like kind of mix it up and yeah and he he so he does he he and him are similar but marquez is not someone i see plateauing anytime soon you're yeah. just sitting there and like I, the path to improvement is very obvious with yeah. it's like it's obvious with you as well but i
0: uh, i just have faith because this is a guy who i'd want to interview i think the talent level is first round it's just you don't see it often enough and I would want to know if there's actually something there or if he, like, if he's honestly there just being like, I know I can play at this level. And like, I don't, I just, I, you know, it's like, I, I wish I were in the SHL. I just don't really care all that much. Some people might see that as a red flag for sure. But to me, it's just like, y- yeah, but he's also kind of correct in a way <laughs> where it's like when he's really flying, when he's really going, he's a heck of a player. It's just, yeah, you know, it's, you know. Uh, twenty-five is John Mustard. Finally, we get to the mustard yeah, sauce of this yeah. of the show, the the section where we're I don't I don't know where I'm going with this. But any anyway, uh, we're big fans of John Mustard. Um, some NHL people I sent my list to a couple of days ago are not, <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, the way I see it is this: right, he's he's a point a game. He was playing AAA hockey last year. He is almost almost ineligible for this year's draft. He's almost uh, 2025 guy, he is, I believe, a leading scorer on Waterloo, if not in the in the mix for top he's scoring player only on the team.
1: Among the mix for that, he's one of the leading scorers for NA born USHL guys just in this age group right. draft like Yeah, he's this age, like yeah. he was neck and neck breathing As a down Sasha and Trevor's yep. throat when I looked a couple. Uh, actually, I think it was a month ago now. Yeah.
0: Connolly's pulled ahead, I think, but but Mustard is right there. Like, Connolly's been amazing. And, and Mustard, yeah, Mustard looked awesome at the All American game. He was doing everything but score, and he still ended up with two points. Um, I think it was two points. It was he at least scored the overtime winner. And I mean, this guy in, in overtime is tremendous amounts of fun. He's just big power and speed, right? Like this guy has a lot of skill too. Like the thing I love about John Mustard is like on breakouts and on entries and stuff, he goes quick, but he also can pull pucks around you real quick. Like his ability, his ability to get around you is like really, really high end. And the only thing I see with him is something I think that like, he's played 33 games in the USHL ever, right? And he's still doing this well. And the thing I can poke a hole in is, his map of the ice seems to be very tunnel vision, right? Like he seems to be very like, I'm going to get the puck and put it in the offensive zone and he can, but he'll look off easy pass options. He'll send passes to nobody. He'll send passes into like behind players, like just that refinement when it comes to moving the puck and, and that level of overconfidence that I think needs to be balanced a little better. I still think John mustard has a tremendous amount of, of, of p- potential especially as a guy who probably at this, I mean, may as if the draft were tomorrow, maybe a second or third round, uh, third round draft pick. I
1: heard, um, all right. I've started reading that message. It <laughs> messed with me. Yeah. I know when I was watching mustard in hockey high school last year, man, I could not believe how well he moved around the ice. And then I watched him in the USHL. He's the same player. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't change anything, in it's Royal Works mm. to pretty much the same extent. Right. Which is very interesting and rare because there were a lot of people I would have put, I like Mustard better than just about all of them, but there were some great players, like nobody's going to know who he is, but Jake Marins was an amazing <laughs> player at this level last year. Yep. There were a few other, Iro Butella is on Waterloo, yep. who was an am in some games, better than Mustard was because he had so much size and reach and skill and just ripping, him, ripping him pucks around guys yeah. and just smashing them in the back of the net. They're all struggling so much, and Mustard was just like, nah, I can just carve through everybody this exact same way." It was really impressive to see him be yeah. the only one to make such an easy jump.
0: So yeah, this is a guy who I think is definitely going to, you know apparently he's somewhat polarizing and I guess I can see why, but for me, it's like you zoom out and think big picture on him and you go, yeah, like he could be awesome, right? Like the, the speed and skill in conjunction in in as pure a form as it is with him. I don't know who else in the draft I'd throw in. Like if you had to pick the guy who could both skate the quickest and also pull pucks around guys at the same time and just transport the puck really well, like who's on that list right i don't i i i'm trying to think of one off the top of my head um in the
1: late first and onward range yeah nothing not a whole lot of guys but like, like you don't
0: you don't see beckett Seneki. you don't see uh even like i mean berkeley Catton, obviously but he's in a different echelon yeah. but you know you like cole eisenman you don't see cole eisenman get moving like john mustard and get around guys like john mustard and you know, but, and, and also like John Mustard is a great shooter. He can shoot it a lot. And from all over the ice, a little bit too much in my viewings, but I, he's, st- he's still getting his chances and he's a really good shooter. And so I think uh, like, this is a guy who I think may end up Actually, higher.
1: Chernisov is a pretty good, um,
0: yeah. Chernisov could be a, could be one. one Chernisov's really a little well. different. Yeah. Chernisov. Um, there um, was someone
1: else I had on top of my head, but it doesn't matter.
0: But in any case, we like John Mustard. We like the sauce. And uh, on to 24. Daniil Ustinkov, I I forgot I had him this high. Um, Not a great world junior uh, for him, I don't think. But who cares? Again, another guy who's almost a 2025 eligible player. um, Very, very young. Playing pro hockey in Switzerland, which is not an easy hockey league to play pro hockey in. Um, Probably the second best pro league in Europe behind Sweden, I guess. It's up there. Um, Yeah. He's not, like, the, the people will point out, like, him and Leon Mugli are the two Swiss guys, the the two Swiss guys over here who are really highly regarded for the draft. Mugli has all the points, but I think Ustinkov has all the potential. Like, they're, the, the, Mugli also plays a lot of minutes. Like, he logs minutes, he plays on the power play, he's up at, like, 16, 17 minutes a night. Ustinkov is playing seven, you know, six, seven, eight minutes a night. Uh, for for Zurich, six,
1: seven, eight solid minutes, and they're so. solid.
0: Yeah, like you watch this guy, and I I think there's potential for good sort of more offensive stuff. And when you see him internationally, you see him score a lot more points than he does with his club. But at the end of the day, like he's a guy who I think the defensive like the tools he has could be deployed offensively a little more, but they don't have to be because he's so reliable defensively. Like this is a guy who I think you know patrols the ice really well you know, stick checks pretty well. He's still not strong enough on his feet to really defend super well at the pro level, but still, you know, the numbers defensively are pretty good for him. Uh, and I think he's just driving a lot of really solid results. I think I tracked 30 games of him and it took halfway through game three for him to miss a pass. So this is a guy who who just knows how to get the puck around around the ice. He's a guy who in the offensive zone, like you'll see him you, it, he's one of those guys where it's like you almost see something great out of him, where where it's like he'll he'll juke off a guy in the offensive zone, spin off of him, or or deke him out and try to get inside the offensive zone and create something there. And with Mugli, like he he's got some good tools there and, and and everything, but there just seems to be more interesting stuff for me with with uh, with with Ustinkov, even if it's more of a limited ceiling and a guy who. You know maybe people devalue because of how so-so he was at the world juniors uh and he slips a little too far but i'm a i'm a big fan of ustinkov um and i don't i don't know there's not much else to say about him he's just kind of a strong yeah, stable dude who i think has potential uh 23 is to Heinonen. yeah i have a different eucharate guy ranked higher than constant who has four points this year so how about that <laughs> Uh, I really like this guy. I I really really like Topias Heinen in, Um, you know the offense isn't there, but it could be, and I think he's gotten a lot better since the beginning of the year with regards to like he did. A, he took a spell in the junior league, played pretty well, did a couple of games at the second division. I thought he played great in those games, but this is a guy who kind of reminds me a lot of like Ronnie Hirvonen from a couple of years ago, where. It's just he leads with the effort level and the brain. Like he he reads play really, really well. Causes a lot of offensive zone turnovers. This is a guy who also is five ten, but I've seen him weasel his way out of situations where he should give up the puck so many times. Like he does not give up. This is a guy who
1: weasels the right word. Yeah, he weasels that was a his really way up. Good word he for he, him. he
0: he he finds ways out of things, and it's really really interesting how you know, like these are the types of things that I don't really talk about that much until I notice them a lot in a player. Like he just, he'll get, he'll eat the puck in the corner and then sort of just crouch a little and just shove a guy off of him and get out and create some room, right? Like it's, he's a guy who just does not really give up. He's, he's got a motor. There's, there's some skill there as well. Um, there are some areas where he is better than Hellenius. Like in terms of generating shot assists, he beats Hellenius there. Uh, the efficiency in getting pucks up the ice, he's better at that than Hellenius is when he goes through the offensive transitions. He's more involved defensively than Hellenius. Um, this is a guy who, you know, he'll, in my data, the defensive numbers might not look super great, but that's because he's involved so much relative to other forwards defensively that, you know, he'll he'll try to chase down, a, a, he'll try to forecheck and chase down a guy coming out of his defensive, the, the player's defensive end and he'll try to lift his stick, and it just doesn't quite get there, whereas other players might just not even bother trying. So it's like that kind of thing where you see sort of the instinct, right? And I I'm, I, I don't know, this is an aside, but I'm a big instinct guy. Like, yeah. if you can if you can tell when you watch a player that their instinct is to never take the foot off the gas pedal, that's what you need in the NHL. Like, there's nothing more frustrating than an NHL player who sort of takes it easy, especially when things are, are tough. And Heinen, he I think there's a bias against him for the size and lack of production, but I, I think he battles against it. I'd love to to interview him, um, because I think it'd be really interesting based on the way he plays. Uh but I'm a big fan. And this is a guy again, like I think he's sixty fifth for Europe, uh in 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 the Central Scouting list, which to me implies like probably not drafted, but well, maybe not, but you get the point. Like late if anything, which I think is just crazy because I think I and I've been I've been inundating my co-host with clips of him the last game I watched of uh just how much fun Tobias Heenanen has been. Um and you know what? Like if 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 he doesn't become a top 6 forward, what is Consta Hellenius, right? Is he going to be a third line guy in the NHL? Probably not, I don't think. Is Tobias Hinenen possibly going to be a bottom 6 energy guy in the NHL? He's smart enough he has enough pace in his game. He works hard enough. He, he, he's resilient enough. I think there's enough there to sort of, to sort of go with, yep. uh, 22 Zane Parik. Hello. Uh, another one where I think people may be a little bit surprised, but I We're, am not,
1: we are very in sync on this one. Yeah.
0: Zane Perrick is strange. I mean, he scores a lot of points. Um, but I mean, think about, again, we talk about this a few times, but like, think about all of the guys who scored a lot of points before they were drafted and it all went okay until the NHL where the going got really tough with Perrick, I would be higher on him if I saw, and I can hear people in my head screaming at me, but if I saw higher end skill, if I saw higher end puck carrying ability, if I saw higher end, like... He he turns the puck over a lot. He takes a lot of risk. Defensively, though, also is, this is not it. there. This it's, is it. Like, he's a guy who gets beat a lot. He's a guy who, you know, if a if a guy's cycling below Parekh's goal line, he won't put him against the boards. He won't reach in with his stick. He'll just watch him go right by and try to catch him on the next go around or something. I don't even know how to explain it.
1: It's weird. Like we are talking about passiveness earlier with Lucas Petterson away from contact, but it's like, this is a defender now. Yes. Like this is a non-negotiable. It's very, some people are, I think are just maybe overlooking it cause they're like, you can work on this stuff and I'm sure you can do it. But you realize that this is the OHL that he's doing this in. And he's trying to be like the NHL are bulls. If you don't want to get, get mauled by OHL guys every single NHL one will run you down and just look at you as nothing but just a pylon even if I actually am higher on a bit of Parex tools and decision-making because I think some of it is from Saginaw itself. They have a very interesting approach to the game, and I think they encourage him to take those high-risk passes quite a bit, and maybe he, in a different environment— Actually, I've seen him in Team Canada. He doesn't take those crazy risky passes as much. Sure, So I believe that this is more of a Saginaw thing, but I kind of just don't care because the defensive thing scares me up Pretty tremendous amount, and this has been consistent. This is not a like the defensive side is not a him playing for the spirit, it's, right? It Canada doesn't matter, he does not seem to really appreciate the necessity of a physical game. And even without that, his sticks not the best, his positioning yeah. is fine, but a little risk inducing definitely tries to get into spots for transitional play. I find when he's in the defensive zone a bit more and kind of takes those risks and to get a bit right. in a more aggressive spot, but then he's not also the most like drop your jaw transitional player no. either. So it's like, that's a, that's a chain. Well,
0: I really don't like, and here's the thought experiment, right? For me, who are the elite offensive defensemen in the NHL, that they are so elite. You could forgive them for defensive faults, right? Like, Tony D'Angelo might be one, right? Like you could say Quinn Hughes or Kale McCarr or whatever, but there is no possible way that those t- that Parekh is in that echelon. I don't think. No, like he's those not guys, a Quinn those McCarr guys though. are like some of the best skating defensemen in the world. And when they were this age, they still were the best unbelievable, in the drafts, unbelievable and skaters, like unbelievably he's mobile and fluid. And I don't see that out of them. So with Parekh, it's like. Is he more of that, you know, Ty Smith, uh, Adam Boakvist, who else uh, is on that list? Um, uh, Ryan Murphy, uh, Ryan Merkley, uh, you know, guys who you know there's defensive warts when you draft them. You know, Tony D'Angelo is another one. But even Tony D'Angelo, I think, had some more fluidity and creativity to his game than Perek. I just, I don't know. And, and, and D'Angelo came with his own problems, you know, not pers yeah. not the personal ones, but on the ice, like he has his own issues, um, that, that, you know, he bounces around teams, right? Like, would you draft Tony D'Angelo third overall in the NHL draft or fifth overall or eighth overall? Maybe, maybe, but I personally, I, I wouldn't.
1: <laughs> I got one final comment on him and it's that for me, I'm really starting to realize just how much, like, I love the best parts of Zane's game, like some of the passes he makes in the offensive zone, just drop my jaw. But I, I'm not going to sit there and be like, yeah, that's going to be the thing that gets yeah. out of, all of these other problems and because all of those other problems are going to become exponentially harder to work around and deal with how often is he actually going to be in a position to make those crazy passes to Begin. and with? that's yeah what is it worth what is four or five really cool ozone passes in an nhl game against nhl players especially if, if you were drafting them in the top 10 or top five some people have top five it's like that is a f- you're drafting them a first pairing guy yeah you're putting him out there against nathan mckinnon yeah have fun
0: yeah and good I don't, yeah, so it's it's a tough call for me uh, with him. I'll, I'm obviously going to watch lots more Zane Perek games, but every single game I've seen him with Zay, with Saginaw this year has been pretty much the same pros and cons coming out of it. And I just, I don't see a top 10 guy there personally. Uh, T.J. Ginla is at 21 for me, and I I, I like T.J. Ginla quite a bit. Yeah. Um, he's a good player, uh, hard worker. You can tell he's the son of an NHLer. He busts himself on the ice every single time uh, great right player thing yeah contact. really really good player um you know a talented guy i i wonder how much he's gonna get in the nhl in terms of you know the strength he's not the biggest guy he try he plays big which is he great plays real he big. tries to play big he keeps his he's skill
1: a, through contact too yes. which is something really nice in this draft i feel like a lot of the skilled guys wants to get into contact yeah they're like it's not working as well for them or it's the opposite. They're just the really good physical players don't have a whole lot of skill. Yeah, He's got this awesome blend in the middle with a great shot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So again, was a pretty straightforward one. He just like is a, is a strong minded, well-rounded, you know, really good for checking guy who should be in the NHL at some point, maybe not as a first line guy, but, you know, he can move the puck. Okay. He four checks really well. He plays hard. He can shoot. He can also set up a play. It's just on Kelowna. There's nobody to give the puck to really except for Andrew crystal. But I mean, I don't think they play together. I haven't noted them playing together that I've, much. I've, um, um,
1: maybe I'm just catching some interesting samples. Cause I was watching, I just did again, the game. I did two of them recently to do some catch up ones. He was played with crystal on both of them. All right. And my Lord, <laughs> the two of them together are an awesome duo they yeah. really compliment each other well and andrew Crystal's gotten so much better <laughs> at the things people were mad at him for oh boy and a ginla yeah. is a ginla is a part of it too and i re, only reason i'm bringing up the crystal thing is because a is actually helping crystal out in some of these sections yeah. uh, areas and that's the type of role you're going to want him to be playing alongside a star player if he is going to be a top six forward
0: yeah easy to see him as an NHLer Doing yeah. a number of different things pretty well. I, I, I like him. Um, yeah, anyway. And I also am kind of hoping we can get through these a little quicker. Uh, Sasha Boisvert at 20. I, I, again, another guy who I really, really like. Um, big, really good skating center who can get up and down the ice really well. He's got a pretty good shot as well. Super fluid. Yep, really fluid on his feet. Um, you know, an okay defensive center as well, but he's more of a transition guy an attacking offensive center i would like to see a little bit more sort of ability to create space in the offensive zone and sort of slow things down and make plays a little bit more than he does but i have really liked uh sasha boiver this year on muskegon i mean i watched a game of matt gridden this year i don't think matt gridden has as many points this year if sasha boiver isn't on his line sort of feeding him pucks and sort of grinding things out defensively here and there um so I, i'm a fan and i think i think you are too right
1: i had him 12. okay so yes i'm a yes. big fan the of him i, is I yes. see more in the offensive zone that's working for him right now and yep. i also think there's very few players that make me more excited when i'm like man when you get stronger what are you gonna yeah. be he's already big he's rangy he uses his reach really well he's super good at turning <laughs> off Ooh. of guys great skater as you said i really love his movement off the puck he's like Really good at supporting his wingers and his defenders. Great in transition. I like his defensive game a little bit more. Yeah. But I do see a bit of the issues. I'm. I think the package as it get just continues to unlock more things for him with strength more than almost any other player. And so much is already working. And the strength will and like, it's not like a will it come. It will come. Yeah. So it's like I can't wait to see what he is.
0: Fair enough. But uh, yeah, we're both fans. He's good. Uh Igor Chernyshov at 19. This is a little bit low from what I would maybe I don't know, like it felt low when I put him here. Um but the guys ahead of him I also really really like. I mean Chernyshov is interesting. He's played pretty well in the KHL when I've seen him. Um you Beastly know, moments of skill. Yeah, from great skill at moments. Skill. Yeah. He he's got some good bursts of speed as well. Um gets up the ice pretty well. Um You know, my only thing with him is, like, is it enough to sort of be a top six guy in the NHL? Because I'm not sure he's anything else. I don't don't know.
1: He doesn't have a whole lot of his, like, he's not a very great, I don't want to say hockey player, because he's obviously (laughs) a really good hockey player. No, he's great. He doesn't contribute to a lot of areas that you need to in your traditional, like, you know move the puck up the ice, move the puck back down, get it, secure possession, move it back up. But, like, when he gets the puck and he decides he wants to go, he'll go. And there are moments where KHL guys are like, all right, I got him, and they kind of get him, and he has a second effort level of skill. Yeah, he does. And they're like, even the KHL guys are like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, you can tell, like, they stink they've got him, and they start to pivot away, and then he gets out with the puck behind them, and you're like, huh?
0: Yeah. He's a good, he's a, he's a grinder, right? Like there's the Russian, there's the stereotype, right? That I don't know if he's even around anymore, but like Russians are soft or whatever, but mm-hmm. I would certainly not call him that. No. Um, you know, it's just a matter of like, I see him in a similar way to like Danila Yurov a couple of years ago, where I think he's just a little bit more skilled, but, and maybe a little bigger, but just a similar sort of, I'm not sure what he's going to be, but I get the feeling he's going to be pretty good. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yep. like he does stuff good, but I don't know what he's going to be. But I I, I, I I like the guy. Uh, now it's where I don't really know who's where. So at 18, oh, we got Emil Hemming. Uh, Sam yeah. needs to earmuffs, but um, I Above like Emil Hemming. Igor? Yeah, I know. This might be a questionable take. Um, actually, now I think uh, that this has changed because I did a game of Hemming last week. Um, but I'll pretend that I didn't change anything. Um, but I, I like Hemming because, again, like this is a draft where there's not a lot of certainty. And I get the feeling that you're going to get a good third line guy out of him. Like he's a, he's a grinder. He goes quick. He's a good skater. He gets around the ice pretty well. You know, I've watched, I've gone out of my way to watch him and Consta back to back. And I'm constantly more interested, get it constant, constantly. (laughs) I'm constantly more entertained watching Emil Hemming zip around the ice, hit guys, try to cause turnovers. He's got a great shot as well. He scored seven goals this year in the in Liga, which is not an easy thing to do. Um, I don't think he's going to be a super high-end needle mover at all, but I do think this is a guy who, over time, you know, he gets stronger. You know, maybe gets a little bit like again, the skill level is not the best for how he kind of plays the game. Like I can find he gets the puck and then kind of stumbles over it or loses it coming through the neutral zone and just doesn't really quarterback play that well. But I, I really like what he brings to the table. um, And I do think or shaw probably should be higher. But still, uh, I, I'm a fan of Heming And and we'll talk about him a little later, for sure. I have it in the notes. but, Because uh, cause he's one of the guys where I think you and I are, are most disparate.
1: On. I don't even have him in the first.
0: Well, that's because you're a loser. Uh, Number 17, Liam Greentree. Again, another guy who I would have higher. I would. But... The, the key weakness is how sort of slow and heavy-footed he is. Like, that's literally, literally the only thing. That's the only Literally thing. the only thing. That,
1: and I can't tell. I, <laughs> I was talking about this. I was like, I can't figure out certain areas of his game of how he would work, like, with a really good team mm-hmm. because he's forced to, A, do so much, where he's effective everywhere. Yep. B, succeed at doing it just to watch someone else fail. Yeah. And I I feel like there's moments where I'm like, I can't figure out if I like the, what he's doing or if he's just like, should I even go up the ice here? Should I do this? Should I do that? Do I need to cover that? Do I need to do this there? So there's like inconsistencies in his game. But I don't fault him for them at all. Like in, I, none sure. of them do. I watch them. I go. I know this isn't you, man. You're too smart and <laughs> too many moments for me to think that you want to just circle back and kill that rush opportunity. You just had no faith. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sometimes yeah. like you just didn't have a whole. You didn't want to fully commit. Yeah. And he's a guy because he's slower. He has to fully commit yes. to these sequences. Yep. Or he, the timing going to be off. So these awesome plays can build up for every other prospect in the draft that I don't feel like green tree gets a chance to shine in, even though he shows individually, he's great in all of those moments.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that the, the thing I love and also question about him is that he's at his best when he's like, got a guy trying to get the puck off of him. Like he'll protect the puck. He's probably one of the better puck protectors in the entire draft. He's one of the better like the way he thinks under pressure and man like I've seen guys trying to get him when he's in the offensive zone he's out near the blue line kind of his his body is faced towards the neutral zone he's not even faced towards the net a guy is right there with him and he finds a way to free his elbows free his hands and throw a puck sort of behind him into the slot and there's a guy, like, there's just a guy there ready to sort of go. Like, you don't see that kind of stuff that often, ever. And and his ability to sort of play under pressure is both, I think, a good thing, boating well for the NHL, but also mm, questionable because that, it's like, then what happens when he doesn't, when he when he's in open ice? And generally what happens is guys catch up to him. So either he learns how to sort of work around those weaknesses and become a a, a really, really, really good sort of complementary offensive guy, or he works on his skating. He gets a little bit quicker. You know, doesn't put on too much weight, and becomes sort of a a tall, but skilled, you know, guy who doesn't back down and can handle pressure, and and can make can make great plays. Like his ability to just generate offense on a team that is not good, is really, really impressive. Um, so, yeah, Green Tree's a guy who I think was higher on my list at one point, but you know uh, he could end up higher on my board by the end of the year for sure. Um, number 16 is Luke Misa, your boy, Luke Misa. Yes. Uh, Luke Misa's weird, but I don't really <laughs> care because Luke Misa's going to be available at like 80th overall at this rate, yeah. and you may as well take the chance on him. I thought he was one of the few guys at the top prospects game who was really pushing the puck up the ice with a lot of momentum and speed and, and intensity. Um, one of the few, you know, I'd put a Ginla in there too, but, but like Misa was one of the few and Basha was another one. Um, but Misa's a guy who just ruthlessly skilled, always a higher pace guy, you know, again, similar to Heinenen where, you know, he's not the biggest guy, but you don't really care or Stiga where it's like, he doesn't back down. He, he applies pressure really well. Just a really talented player. Super fast. Yeah, super fast.
1: It's the separation that really gets... It's like that's the trait that has set him above so much for me. When I see him in a lull or he's kind of got a guy coming in and he's definitely who has some speed on him, he's he's going at zero speed, zero. And then he's still, two steps later, faster than the incoming pressure. And it's like, okay, that is crazy speed. And it's not hampered with a lack of lateral agility he can absolutely shift and get around guys really well we we're talking about john muster like yeah. nisa can get around guys you've got good and instincts <clears throat> on the rush and in transition i th- i believe a little bit more than most i think in his ability to contribute in the cycle offense i think he's got a lot that works out for him really well there And he's still just Figuring it out, but the moments where it pops, I'm like, "Wow, that's some of the best play, some of the best plays I've seen from anybody this
0: year." I think a great coach system and a like a great coaching network and a great development staff could just run with this guy. Like, I, I get the feeling that you know some of the decision making in the offensive zone is not great, right? Like, I think he's more of a volume playmaker rather than like trying to create something that will work a lot of the time. But again, like. That might be a criticism, but he's still on pace for like a hundred and something points this year or something like that. And he's, you know, like Porter Martone is scoring a gajillion goals this year off of Luke Misa, putting the puck in front of the net for him, you know, creating chances for him. Um, You know, again, it's like with Luke Misa, he still has that like triple A kind of, I'm really good at triple A kind of hockey where he can sort of do these lower percentage plays and kind of get away with it a little bit, but not as much as he used to. And now it's kind of like, yeah, but the NHL is going to be very different. The AHL is going to be very different. And, you know, I think, I think this is a guy who probably will not be drafted this high. But no, if he's your least. second guy off the board, I think you've done a great job. It's a good bet to take. Um, super high energy guy. Very admirable player to watch. It's just a matter of refining the, uh, the sort of offensive zone, I guess you would call it, like perception or vision or whatever you want to call it. Um, just quite isn't quite there for me, but but I like him a lot. Uh, Sam Dickinson at fifteen, I've dumped him down quite a bit, but I did this with Mitchkov last year around December, where I just dumped him to where I thought he deserved to be, and then I just went all right from here on to the next to the end of the season, I'll move him up if I see more stuff that I like, and with Dickinson, like his weakness is is passing the puck, I think, especially up the ice through the neutral zone it's, it's sometimes a little bit mystifying, um, you know, just the, the the timing and the decision making and how I don't like using the word careless, but there are moments with him where he's kind of careless with possession and you know, is that fixable or you could put him with the right player to fix that? Sure. I can't say it's impossible. Um, but with Dickinson, you know, I've just sort of been, it's like helenius right like i've been sitting around waiting for a top 10 quality guy there right like what is it that sets him apart to be a top 10 sort of high-end nhl guy i think he could be a good minutes eating nhl defenseman with some offensive tools there as well but i i don't know i just struggled to see a guy who really sort of takes over a shift and really takes over a game uh, on a consistent, you know, on a relatively consistent consistent basis in Dickinson, I I I don't know I could eat those words in a little while, but in the games I've seen and the games I've tracked, he's a mixed bag for me. But I I like him obviously because he's this high in the in the draft, but there's just guys ahead of him that I think are are more exciting, have more upside, um, and bring more in like an area where they're that's their focus. Whereas Dickinson, I don't think really has that like home base area of play where he can really sort of thrive in the NHL, which always scares me when there's defensemen at the junior level and they're going to be at the junior level for a while where it's like, you know, what are, what are you, right? Are you a more offensive leaning guy? Are you kind of a, but you know, like the guys who tend to be reputed as like a do it all generally don't do it all in the NHL, right? Like that, that's kind of the, 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 the breaking point. But, um, I'm willing to be wrong, and this is about as low as he'll get on on my board for sure. I guess we could just move forward because I don't know what else to say about Sam Dickinson unless you've got more to add, but we can talk about it. I really him later. like Dickinson. Oh, um okay.
1: the last two games were awesome. Um I can save this conversation for a future stream just for to get through some stuff. But I I see where you're coming from. I've also seen moments from Dickinson where I just I bet you can summarize it as, it as the right
0: team can do so much with him that's fair i think that's fair like if he gets drafted sixth overall it's like okay i get it like i see it but it's just there's other guys that that have interested me more uh at 14 we got trevor Connolly. uh trevor Connolly is an interesting one he's a guy who certainly um doesn't again like uh who's the guy we were talking about michael Hage, a guy who doesn't really have that much of a supporting cast um with tri-city but it's not as bad um you know, a guy who the combination of skill footwork and, and pace in his game, it's really good there. It's all there. I I'm, I would be surprised if he wasn't a little bit taller than six feet. I feel like he looks a little bit bigger than what I remember last year, but that's a minor point. Um, but again, like a guy who can drop a shoulder, attack the net, like just a very projectable offensive game to the NHL for a, for a sort of skilled and powerful winger. Um, you know, he gets the puck to the middle of the ice a lot. He really doesn't sort of do the low percentage stuff very often. Um honestly, I don't really know how many negative things I can say about Trevor Connolly. Um, I don't know what you might have in store, but he's a guy who I think just plays a really well refined offensive game um that, that a- I think is projectable to the NHL as it is.
1: Yeah, he's a pressure machine when he's yeah. away from the puck too. Like the how much of a he will be a nightmare for a defender. They just they want some space. They want to be able to look up and make the easy play. And there's Trevor yeah. always in their face, cutting them off, and he's always coming from their blind spot too, yeah. which must be the most frustrating thing. <laughs> like where is he? Oh, there he is. Like that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's- my only complaint with them is when Tri City, as you said, isn't the best team. But man. Hag tries to do everything he can to elevate Chicago. Connolly looks off, Connolly yes. looks at his team. That's a good point. Even worse than Mustard looks off guys. Yeah. But sometimes it's like, yeah, but we're just not maybe this part of his game isn't all there yet. We all know Connolly is like an elite playmaker when he wants to be. Yep. And it's really concerning sometimes how much you can watch him actively choose not to be one so he can cycle the zone three times in a shift or something
0: there's a bit of like Cole Cylinder to me with him where it's like in the USHL, we said basically the same thing, right? When he was with Sioux Falls, oh man, he, he was, he was, I he, was, he was a, he was a selfish guy who was, was trying to do everything himself. And you know, the tools were there. You saw the shot, you saw the puck carrying blah, 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 blah. Connolly might not be the sniper kind of guy that Cillinger was, but in terms of playmaking and vision he and it's it's there, the yeah, it's there. The and, pace is insane. You know, so I always hesitate when it's like, well, he doesn't really use his line mates that well, and it's like his line, he, it's like, what does it mean if a player knows his line mates aren't the most beneficial, and so they try to do too much on their own? Generally, they sort of figure it out. I mean, Cole Sillinger in the NHL has kind of. <laughs> waffled a little bit but that's i think a different story for another day um but i think there's similar a similar storyline to trevor Connolly here because um, again like sim- uh, you saw him at the world junior rays and i think i thought he played fantastic oh, there he was um the holinka tournament he was the best player in that tournament probably one yep. of them and uh
1: every time he's against the ntdp
0: <laughs> yep the all ta- the all-american game was also a, a good performance out of him as well
1: where you got to compare him to cole eisenman and yeah. watch like how much better Connolly was at I- yep. than eisenman at a l- almost everything
0: yep so number 13 is anton selayev now we're getting into sili season here uh so <clears throat> anton selayev this is a fun one rank same rank, eh? Okay, yeah. so S- same and I have him at the same slot uh, in thirteen. Lucky number thirteen. What?
1: That was bad. I
0: know. <laughs> um, but yeah, Anton Solayev is pff, I don't know the biggest wild card in the draft, both physically oh, yeah. and metaphorically. Like, f- fantastic skater for a six foot seven player with clunky skill, clunky f- clunky like pivots and and clunky everything yeah, but, but he, you can but see. he's fluid, very fluid. Um loses a lot of physical battles, but it's the KHL so I guess you can forgive that. Not the best puck mover right now. He can kind of flub his breakouts and in the data I've tracked, he is one of the most passive offensive transition defenders out there this year. He's just not really like getting that involved and you know, look, I, I, if you watched him play before this season which i did for a little bit last year because he caught my eye being a six foot seven guy who skated like that um he doesn't score points ever like this is the first year where he's broken 10 points i think in a long time or ever i don't remember off the top of my head but last year i think he had like six six or seven points and so it's like to me you can tell why you know um he was scoring a lot of his points early in the year on the power play and off point shots and sort of weird little plays that kind of get him on the score sheet. But when you really watch him, he's, you know, a strong D to D passer sort of keeps things stable and safe, but also he doesn't and you, but you can see him potentially do that down the road. Like that's kind of the role he could play while also being a great skater. I'm trying to think of a guy he kind of reminds me of in the NHL, it's but hard, I, it's hard. Not a lot of guys like, of this yeah. size. Like he's a f- I, look, if he goes like third overall, again, I get it. I can't say that that's a bad pick, but it is. I think there's a lot of risk there based on how, like relative to Dmitry Simashev last year, I take Simashev 10 times out of 10 over Salayev, right? It's not even a discussion. Because there's more skill there. There's more, uh, there's more mobility there. He's a better defender Like, Simashev rubbing guys along the boards and just ending possession was constant, and Salayev just doesn't really have that right now consistently. But I, I like him. He's a fascinating player. And if I've got him at 12 and he goes third overall and he wins a Norris Trophy, then good for him, right? Like, I just... It's He's just uh, not Hedman. I'm risk averse. So yeah, the, the Victor Hedman stuff is craziness. That's, that's got to stop with defender at yeah, the top no, of the draft, no, guys. No, there is only one Victor Hedman. Uh, number 12, I don't remember. Oh yeah, Alphonse Frey uh, of Vekwa in Sweden. Um, this is a guy who, again, sometimes I'll just have a guy and I'll watch other players around him and I'll bump that, the other players ahead of him and it'll just bump that guy down. The opposite is happening with Frey. Like he started the year at like 40 for me or something. And then I watched him once and I went, yeah, no, this is stupid. I, I need to have him in my first round. And then I watched him again and then I tracked a game and I went, this guy might be one of the best defensemen available this year, especially for the modern day NHL. And then I watch him again and again and again. And I'm like, this guy rules. Like he
1: does everything I want from an offensive and transition. Yeah. If
0: you want like pure excitement in, def- in your defensive players this guy is it like the defensive game whatever like there are moments where you're like yeah this guy is is not the the best stopper but
1: he's not terrible
0: he's not terrible. And Which is important. The benefits for me far outweigh the consequences of that. He's like one like, of the most
1: gifted passers in the draft. Yeah. regardless on, on of position.
0: Ridiculously accurate passer. Great vision of the ice. He has that deception to sort of juggle options and move guys out of the way to create lanes. Handles um, pressure really yeah, well. really player. shifty. Uh, high high end skill. I saw him make a play the last time I watched him. He was on the uh, on the blue. He was at the blue line in the offensive end. He shook a guy off of him and went down to the half wall a little bit, circled back, made a cut, circled back, brought the guy back to the blue line with him, then quickly cut again to go back down the half wall and left that guy behind. Without even looking, it looked like. It was so fast. He just hurled the puck towards the net. Perfect tape-to-tape pass to a guy at the far post. And he just taps it in. Like, tape-to-tape along the ice. Perfect pass. Like... It was the craziest, it was crazy. Like, the way he sort of creates stuff and the way he gets around, it's really impressive. I can't say enough good things about this guy. He's um,
1: got a type of vision where it's like, I don't even, I'm not even sure he's seeing the players that he's passing to, but he's seeing the defense and how it's shifting. he's yeah. goes, there's the lane. Yeah, and that's it. And he just confirms someone's there, like, as he's releasing it. <laughs> and then just He lives in slow motion. The yeah. I watched a play of him just kind of like, quickly backhand a puck off the off a defensive recovery out up to his forehand. He's looking to his left. All of this happens in about half of a second. Right. And then he just flick of a wrist, laser beam, yeah. tape to tape, basically puts a breakaway on, but the reception kind of – like the guy flubbed the reception. Yeah. But, like, you know a skilled player is catching that and going. I'm trying to – It was crazy. Like, who is he? Like, I'm trying to. Elias is the one that – Right. A little bit. Oh, like, yeah. Like – no, Odelius was better at, Odelius was absurd at like using his gravity to juke guys out. Frey's not trying to do that as much because Frey is trying to push pace up ice and not, but there's bits I, of his game that I think are most comparable, at least out of
0: recent prospects. But I mean like in the NHL, like NHL wise. because nah, we don't you, watch those, we're yeah, prospect guys. Well, hey now, hey now, <laughs> this is an NHL show as well um i'm trying to think of a guy off the top of my head that he kind of reminds me of that like d- it's not just an offensive zone specialist there like no i, I you, he's a he's a guy who transports the puck really well plays better defense than you would think but it's not as good um it'll be
1: good when he's stronger probably, probably. it'll be fine when but he's, stronger. he's a he's
0: a he's a that. one he's one that i didn't expect to have this high but just kept moving up every time i saw him uh cole Eiserman at 11 um he's lower now. I will say this. I, 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 uh, I, I tracked a game of his after finalizing my list and I think he's lower now. Again, he's a guy advertised as a shooter and I just haven't seen much of that at five on five in the games I've seen. He's a guy who I thought played pretty well at the all American game though. He had his moments of strength and weakness. Um, a couple of really nice shooting opportunities had a couple of plays that he made that was, that were kind of nice. I don't think he's terrible. I don't think he's a like a guy who's going to bust out of the NHL. But I do think he's a guy whose role is going to be very limited to a specific role, right? Like I, I read um, Scott Wheeler, who put out a ranking today as well. His write-up on Cole Eiserman was very sort of lukewarm and sort of tepid. And then he ended with, well, he could be a first-line player and a power play weapon. And it's like, sure but you're going to have trade-offs when you do that with him. Like it's going to, you know, so to me, it's very, um, it's tricky because he's a guy who, I, I mean, I've seen him try to make a lot of really, really nasty, dirty plays. Like I've seen him, yeah. like I've seen him go elbows first into guys who see him coming and duck out of the way. I've seen him miss hits just clean. Um, there just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of, uh, planning might be the word. Uh, he just kind of is there floating around. Maybe you hit him with a pass. And if you do, he can really take off, right? Like I think people who critique his skating a lot, I think are, you know, over critiquing maybe, but you know, he's not a burner. I don't think the skill level is quite there to make up for that. And when you watch guys, like he's one of these guys, there's a few guys on my list who score a lot of goals and don't have as many assists. And that's usually a problem for me. But it's some of them it's because the teammates aren't great. But in a lot of cases, it's because there's just not a much of a puck distribution ability there. And I think that's the problem with Iserman is that the vision and the decision making and you know the the off puck consistency or effectiveness just isn't quite there. And when he does try to play physical or when he does try to, you know, get involved a little bit there, it's just like I get what you're trying to do, but like it's not like that's not that ain't it chief like that's not that's not quite it um in my view but he's a tricky one i still honestly i still don't know what to think of him i don't but i I do know that i don't like him as a a top 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 end guy in this year's draft like i think a lot of people do
1: i think of a specific other cole who played for the ntdp a few years ago with um Cole Caulfield and something that is night and day since the oh, Eisman were, lo- he's getting the draft pedigree based on the production, especially from a goals scoring perspective. And the numbers are fantastic. And you know, you see like the Caulfield level scoring and the shot and the highlights of his shot. You're just like, wow. Cole Caulfield was an excellent hockey player with immaculate puck control at that yes, age. Yes, he was. And he made amazing decisions with the puck that did not involve shooting and moved really well off the puck to consistently be getting into these spots. If he wasn't shooting, he moved the puck to a guy in space and continued to move really well. Yeah, And Iserman is doing none of that. And as a guy who's watching Cole Caulfield in the NHL, I go... <laughs> yeah, he needs all of this stuff to work. I mean, it's why he works. It's obviously not a criticism yep. of Caulfield. It's why he works. It's yep. just, ooh, I was watching him and I'm like, if he didn't have this stuff, that shot is not keeping him here. Yeah. He wouldn't be here. It's like, what is he doing? And, and then I thought about it with Eiserman and then there was the whole puck prep scout telling me the... He's the American Colby Barlow thing and then it's just like he tanks. Yeah. He's much further than eleven for me. I was like, I think I'm giving up. You for know a what? Bit.
0: The American Colby Barlow thing kind of stands out to me. I think he moves it's a little such a good I think man. he moves a little bit better than Colby Barlow, yeah. but I see what you're I see where that guy that person's coming from. Um so let's get into the top ten because I don't want to be here until midnight. Uh, Andrew Basha at number ten, uh, another guy like Frey, who just kept moving up and up and up and up every time I saw him. Um, I thought again, he played pretty well at the top prospects game, but he didn't play a ton in that game. I don't think, um, I mean, probably one of the more electrifying players in the draft. Like if you want a guy who skates really well, you know, gets around players really well, can leave guys in the dust. Like the way he wins loose puck races, it's often not even close. Um, you know, he, he can create plays, he can shoot, I saw the last game I saw of him, he had three points and I swear to God, he could have had five or six. It was not even, it was just not even a, it it was ridiculous just how, uh, you know, just how effective he was, especially offensively. And I think there are shades of that sort of William Nylander esque profile where you might look at his frame and the points and go, well, he doesn't play defense, but he uses the speed he has to at least stick check really well. He forechecks he forechecks. he tries off the puck. Um, is he a, is he a stopper defensively? No, but you don't draft him to do that. You draft him to be a guy who has enough speed and skill and creativity and offense to get the puck from a defenseman into the offensive zone and then do stuff there. That's his job. And he does it really, really well. And he does pretty much everything that is in that world really, really well. And so for me, again, a guy who doesn't seem to be ranked in the first round by central scouting and doesn't seem to be talked about that much as a first round pick a whole lot, I don't think. Um, his average is 26 in my tracked rankings, but who knows what that actually means, especially with sort of somewhat undersized skilled offensive forwards this day and age slipping a little bit generally sometimes. Um, but I really, really like this guy. Um, you know, really, really great player. I, I think there's a lot to like with Basha, and every time I see him, I, I like him more and more. Uh, number nine is Archam Levshunov. I know you are not a fan. It's um, not
1: that I'm not a fan. I just don't... Like, I don't dislike the player. I don't terrified. want him to come across as that. I just, like... I'll save it. May you your I mean, your case. he's
0: terrifying. He has moments that... you know are are awesome right like he can push into the offensive zone like a forward you know he's he's a big guy who can move around the ice pretty well you know if you as long as you can play with speed and beat him wide though defensively or cut inside on him and just get try to use speed to get around him that's where things kind of disrupt yes agility just kind of seems to break him a little bit And again, you, it's a defenseman who plays like a forward granted Michigan state does kind of have a more liberal, you know, modern day hippy dippy style of hockey with Adam Nightingale and, and maybe Levshinov feeds into that. But I just feel like with Levshinov, like I like the tools he's big and gets around pretty well, you know, you can get him to be a bit stronger. The, the, the finishing is checks and the, and the actual erasing of players from the puck. Still a work in progress, just like Selayev. Um, But I do think that he's, again, a fascinating player that I don't know what will happen with him. I doubt he's there at nine anyway, um, so it doesn't really matter. But I'll be fascinated to see what happens in his career, because honestly, I don't know. Like, there are weak points in his game, for sure. They are there. Um, and they are problems, but nothing is unfixable, generally. And we'll just see. I don't know how much he's going to get away with in terms of the offensive style of play he has in the NHL. And that's kind of worrying because if he doesn't really get that freedom and that ability to play that way offensively, and he also has these defensive weak points, what's he going to be? Like, are you looking at the next Rasmus Ristolainen here, right? Like that's kind of my itch that I'm scratching because when Rasmus Ristolainen was a junior, there was a lot of this sort of playing like a forward style. He had a bit of skill to him he was big but he could get up in the offensive zone and and play there a little bit just like Levshanov can and the defending was not great and they you know buffalo drafted him and tried to make the defending great and it just did not work so i don't know what's going to happen with him i'll be fascinated but i don't know i i, I i'm i'm hesitant i would say same <laughs> yeah uh number 8 we've got uh, Nikita Artamanov. yeah there's your boy Sam loves this Artemanov guy. Yes, I do. Um, I watched him today, actually, and he was okay. Um, super high motor guy. I think he gets around the ice well enough, especially considering he's playing the KHL. Um, again, like, I, I the offense is kind of not really there when I've seen him. Like, he's a brilliant puck mover. The passing and the vision is really good. Um, but, you know, and today was a bad example because his team did not get out of the defensive end much at all uh, with him on the ice. And, uh, there wasn't really much in the way of offense created off his stick. He's not shooting the puck a ton. And when he does, it's not really from scoring areas enough, you know, but the, the ingredients are there for a really, really talented energy player, um, which doesn't sound like a player you want to draft in the top 10, but you see similar, you see signs of a really good player there. Um, you can probably sell him this high better than I can,
1: I can absolutely see him. This but day. there's
0: so, like, I've spoken to a couple of NHL scouts who also see him very, 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 very favorably. And they're licking their lips because they're going, people are going to look at how big he is. They're going to look at, he's not the most efficient looking skater. And they're just going to kind of throw him by the wayside. And maybe we'll get him in the, in the second round or something. Because some, one guy said he has him top five and it wasn't Sam. Um, and I was surprised at that, but like, the way he's wired is super, super high end and he gets around well, makes really clever plays and really smart plays. You know, if he's up against the boards, he doesn't eat the puck. He tries to find a a, a route to get out of there or a player who's taken a route to get the puck up the ice. There's just really, really smart plays out of Artamanov. It's just a matter of, you know, the next step for him, right? Like just, just the next phase of his development, which is like, yeah, like with the Puck we want you to to take over shifts a little bit more often uh and and create a little bit more offense, but that's that's my read on him. Like you got him higher.
1: Yeah, I've got him I'd say he, he's a fourth on the list, I'd say fifth because Lindstrom and him flip-flop every 15 seconds in my head. Um but the thing with Artemano for me is that he's so ahead of the game that he is playing. Every single viewing, from the very first one I've had to the end of the year, I watched Nikita Artomanov as one of the last guys in the first round. And as soon as I I was like four shifts in, I was like, nobody is making plays at the right, reading the game and making plays within the pace of the game like him. It's not even close. And it's not... So much of it is done with off puck play, but it's not, he's not an off puck player. He's just so good at understanding where he needs to be. It's the Trevor Connolly thing. He sneaks yep. behind players' blind spots. He times cuts as soon as a defender is going to rotate to cover his teammate coming into the zone. Artmanov goes in kind of drags the defender in this way and then he slips back or he'll and delays he just there's always something he's like okay i do this 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 what is the tiniest little adjustment i can make to get a slightly more advantage every time he gets the puck he's got plan a in his head and plan b as a backup rarely is he making a wrong decision he has skill he moves well he's got a weird stride but i just (laughs) kind of don't care yeah Like it's not stopping him. The KHL isn't what it was, but it's not a bad league by any means. And 99% of the draft would not be able to do what he is doing right now in that league is very few players who can. I love Ivan Demidov to death and Demidov wouldn't be able to be this in sync with the KHL lineup. He wasn't like, he wasn't, wasn't. he just wasn't. He's not capable of it right now. Like guys who move like this and play like this and read the game like this they move into the NHL. Everyone's like, well, what about their tools? And what yeah. about this? And what about that? And then you look at Zach Benson, and he was just like, well, does any of it matter? Because look That's at fair. Like, he's catching guys off guard all the time and yep. playing with those same advantages. And he's doing so at 18, making a huge jump from the WHL. Artimonov is pretty much doing the same thing in the KHL right now yep. with such consistent, riveting success. It's like, all he's got to do is get a little bit better and like
0: just get more good kid
1: like he's not far <laughs> from the nhl in terms of current level of play compared to anyone else he's much closer to it into the league he's currently playing in and he's just i i was make trying to make a list of of players in the last few drafts who move like him away from the puck coming from europe yeah and the answer was no one right like nobody moves that this in sync with the team he's if you took him off the line and put other skilled off puck players on like if you took constant on that line the line falls apart right the line does not function it, if you put other players on that team i don't think it functions as well it's artamanov's yeah. movement within everything that's just this unbelievable glue so even if he's not touching the puck as much he is the play driver
0: yeah i mean i think again it's i don't know what how i would put it but i feel like there's a a t-shirt here with the style of player. But again, like you mentioned it, you kind of, you kind of know that when he's on the ice, when he's in the influence of the puck or ready to make a play of some kind, he's going to make a good play in some way, right? Like especially defensively and getting the puck up the ice and moving pucks really well. The My, my thing is like, I just haven't seen enough in the offensive zone to really sort of be the super, super high on him. I've
1: seen some insane plays.
0: I've seen some really good stuff. It's just, it's you know, you're talking top 10 NHL pick, but there has been good stuff. But it's another one of these guys where you watch him and you're like, okay, that was a good one. Yeah, that was smart. That was smart. That was smart. This guy's really, he looks like he cares. Like, this is smart. That was a smart play. And then at the end of the game, you're like, yeah, he was really good. Like, he was really, really solid. And in the KHL, like, playing against grown men, grown Russian men, like, that can't be easy. Uh, number seven, honestly, I I, I forget. I don't know. Michael Brensig, new guard. Uh, I think I did a game of his after this and I moved him down. So he's not this high anymore, but he's still high again. I think he's a very projectable NHL player. I don't think he's going to be super, super high end, but a guy who I think has a decent amount of skill, a good shot, a guy who, you know, defensively gets involved in play. He mucks it up. He's physical um, has pretty good pace in his game as well. Uh, he kind of reminds me a little bit of like, uh, maybe a little bit more skilled Emil Heinemann. Like you, like he, like a bigger guy who gets around the ice pretty well, good shooter like Heinemann was, but there's that next step of like playmaking and finding seams and, um, physical intensity that, 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 yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean with, 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 uh, with Branseg Newgard, um, I would like, you know, he's been scoring quite a lot since being out of the world juniors in hockey all There's a few guys who have come home and like Oliver Moore has like two points a game or something since the world juniors, which is insane. Um, we like that good for the brand, but yeah, Brantsegg Newgard is a guy who I don't really have a ton to say about him because he's like not the most, like he catches your attention, but it's not, for like those like high-end skill moments right like it's it's more of just a physical game but he's a also a bit lower loser. on the board yeah he's a bit lower now i think he's in the teens but still a good pick number oh sorry six comes after down. seven there we go uh we got Ziv Buyam at number six um i mean just a very well-rounded very capable mobile defender who can defend pretty well play offensively pretty well. Again, that sort of Alphonse Frey kind of shake guys off in the offensive zone, you know, make space for himself, try to create plays in the offensive zone. It's all good. Um, I've liked Zeev since last year when I was watching him with the NDDP. Um, you know, again, just a really clever puck mover passes the puck really effectively covers ice really well. Um, I can't really point to something that's like, you, you know, I look at his point production and I go, I don't know if it's like going to be that good in the NHL one day, but I could see how as a power play guy, it could work. Um, the guy he kind of reminds me a little bit of is like a Morgan Riley type guy where, you know, I mean, Morgan Riley, when he was young, was not the best defender. And I think Z Williams a little bit more refined, but just the way he gets around the ice, the way he thinks in the offensive zone and sort of patrols the blue line without stepping up from the blue line too often, um, is, is really interesting to me. So Zeev Williams at at number six. He was a little higher earlier. um, But again, like some other guys have just bumped him out of the way. Uh, Number five, we got Adam Juracek. And yeah, hate me if you want. Yes? I didn't realize he was five. Yeah, neither did I, honestly. But here he is. Um, Sad because he's not going to play for the rest of the year. But I'm sticking my neck out a little bit for Adam Juracek. I know what I saw last year. And he was spectacular last year. Every time I watched him, he was great. This year he was outmatched in Czech extra league for sure. You can't really deny that. Um, you know, passing pucks was not great. You know, the, the physical, but the, but the physical defense and the stick checking and all of that stuff was really good. But to me, the big thing that steps, uh, that Juracek sets him apart with is the mobility. Like he is an elite in my view, like an elite four-way skater. The way he can get from, you know, the way he can sort of skate side to side backwards, um, you know, the way he can pivot from forwards to backwards and backwards to forwards um, and just do it with the right sort of timing is really, really high end. And like, that's stuff that's hard to learn. And so for me, it's like, also, you know, yeah, he was a little outmatched in the Czech league, but like I watched him at the world juniors for what he was playing. I didn't think he played poorly at all there. Um, and usually guys just don't forget how to play hockey. And so if this is a guy that people kind of brush off a little bit because he's not going to play for the rest of the year and all that stuff, I'll be happy to pick him up late, uh, really late in the draft, uh, or later and, uh, take a swing on him. Cause I think that the skating is high end enough where something's going to work with him. And I think he's got, I think he's got a, a lot of tools. It's just a matter of, you know, honing that vision and that, that passing ability um, cause that's the, the sort of main weakness of his, but I mean, if he gets there, he can really get there. Uh, number four, unless you have your check thoughts, but we can go over them later. If you just want to finish the list. No, we can go through it. All right. Uh, so Ivan Demidov is at number four. Um, again, similar to a Yura check, uh, Demidov was a guy who, you know, is frustrating. Certainly in the KHL was outmatched, but definitely does not belong at the MHL level at all. Like he's almost (laughs) at two points a game and you can immediately tell why when he steps on the ice, like it is so dumb.
1: It's actually two points a game feels low. Yeah. When you watch him. Yeah.
0: It's dumb. Like he is two points a game while being extremely frustrating to watch. Like you just, you can tell watching him, you're like, I can see why this wouldn't work in the KHL, but goddamn, if, if he just doesn't simply, it's not simplify the game. It's like, if he stops directly skating at people yes. and trying to stick handle through yes. their stick and <laughs> legs simultaneously, yes.
1: this guy will be fine. Is the It's the one thing where I watch him do it all the time. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why? You realize if you turned, he can't catch you. Yeah. He can't do any. He'll go, oh, and do everything he can to just try and pivot as fast as you change yeah. direction. And you're alre- you didn't lose speed. You never lost speed. And on top of that you can just arc like Demidov can quite literally skate a circle around some of the slow guys that he will just drive into their chest yeah. with no setup for. Yeah, it, I
0: agree. It's, it's, it's really crazy. Like he, but I think that he has like superstar potential. Like this guy could like, be on Wheaties boxes one day. Like the skill level, the he's creativity potential like, player I've ever watched. I He's got that. He has that like, King, you know like that that like that diamond sparkle x where it's factor, like that, that x stupid, factor in this
1: stupid phrase where but it works yeah
0: where it's like you know just the way he can you know he does the mohawk thing all the time which is a little bit it can be useful but he does it all the time which whatever but the the, the way he's able to like like he'll skate around the perimeter of the offensive zone in the mhl and no one can touch him no one touches him And he'll open up a seam that you could say, yeah, he could thread that through the guy and they could score a goal here. And he doesn't, which is annoying. And then he does it again, like two seconds later with a different player or something. And he doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, you know, and he's like, but he's looking, it seems like he's looking for the highlight. Like, it seems like he's He's looking for, he's looking for, the highlight. he's looking for, how can I show off the most, which is kind of annoying, but it's, awesome. Like when he's cooking the most exciting player on the draft, in my opinion, not even close, not even close.
1: He's like the most, he's probably at worst, like the third most exciting player since like 2021 or 2020 or something. Like it's so stupid what he can do when he's at his best. You
0: you run power plays through him. Like he is a guy who you give him the puck on the power play and he will drag penalty kills all over the ice with the speed and the evasiveness he has on Guaranteed three. zone entry every time. Yeah, three on three is not even a question. He's out there five straight minutes in the NHL. Um, he you know, wins it in the first shift. Yeah, like he's also like an okay defensive player, but not great. But who cares? Like it doesn't matter. Like I don't know who in the NHL he reminds me of. Um, yeah, like Kaprizov. Yeah, like Kaprizov kind of comes to mind. Like,
1: Kapri- It's this – the. the Demidov's best play was last year. I find <laughs> this is the most frustrating part is that right. everything he's so glued to second overall for me by a, t- a literal tier, like he's still a tier ahead of everyone else. Okay, because he last year, those seams that we are complaining about that he's not hitting, he hit with ease. He yeah. just like he would thread the pass. This year he's going for the highlight on literally every play. It's a right. It's a trend for whatever reason that I'm not gonna try and understand <laughs> because if I know he can make those passes because he has the vision and he has unbelievable vision when he just decides he want he the okay final pass this shift. Yeah. He will drag two guys out and then no look backhand through a guy's leg. Yeah. It's right ridiculous on, with such speed and placement that the guy just has his teammates just go. Doesn't even have to move his stick. Yeah. Like shoot, he <laughs> just bounces off his stick yeah. in the net, and you're like, okay. Yeah. So he does. He does it. He's he can do anything he wants whenever he wants, and he chains moves around guys like I have never seen a player do. Yes. Does. I swear, Bedard on his best day is like the only guy who I've seen just chain moves like this. But Demidov wants to do it on every single play, and when it works, it's like. Three or four dudes end up looking stupid. Yes. It's like that. Remember the Tarasenko highlight all those years ago against the Rangers when he just like flew. It, and I'm talking like 2014 or 15. He just like came in the zone and dangles through like four guys. Just oh like yeah, twist left, yep. Just barely taps it on right. Demidov does that style of dangle to war against groups of guys, but with such effortless ease that he probably be able to uh, i don't even know well the
0: and but <sighs> the problem the problem we're gushing about him but there's a cha- i get there's a i think there's a chance he like really struggles to like yeah achieve his potential because like in the khl i watched a couple of games of him with st petersburg bad. he was not effective like he was trying to he he didn't even touch the puck that often um i mean when he did you saw some flashes of like okay yeah like this is cool but you know, just like some, some, you know, he's got to, you know, outside the offensive zone, especially, I think he just has to simplify, like, just keep it simple. You're just, you, you got to use your teammates. You got to get up the ice somehow. And he doesn't really have the foot speed to get there on his own. Like he doesn't, it could get there, but he doesn't really have that, you know, escape speed. And he doesn't really have that Liam Greentree style. I can make plays under pressure type of thing. Like, he has to be in control, and so you're hoping that in Russia over the next few years and with more and more experience against men, um, he could sort of adapt to that and get better. Granted, I mean, hey, look. Look what happened to Matt Mitchkov when he went to Sochi. Like, I'm just saying. Like, literally the sending, first shift, you yeah, we're
1: like, oh, it sending, was a team thing.
0: S- sending Demidov to a KHL team that's like, you yeah, know, we'll play him 20 minutes a night, whatever. Like... We don't care. Like, I feel like that could be beneficial because he's not learning anything in the MHL right now. It's just a, it's a,
1: it's a boredom. He's
0: so, he's so good at that level. He doesn't have to play well, right? To do well. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy. So anyway, we'll see what happens with him, but he's so absurdly
1: talented that even with all the risk, knowing how reliable Catton and Lindstrom and them are right after, I will take him second. I won't blink about it because I will inherit the risk of him being, you know, not living up to the hype or whatever on the chance that I'm drafting a hall of famer. Yeah. And I'm, it would hurt me to pass on him to take celebrity. I would obviously take celebrity. Like that's not a discussion, but like it would hurt me. I would sit there and I'd watch another team walk up to the stage and be like, if this works out for you, I'm going to be so mad because I think D minus one Demidov still might be the best player I've seen in this draft, including oh, Selvaparini. Yeah, because the best of what he can do is unmatched. If it's he, just
0: unmatched. Oh, if he were at the World Juniors, man, t- t- he could have had some th- some some stuff where it's like <sighs> highlight. You, like he would have like been all that time guy. Highlights. I mean, like Russia people, might not have brought him because they didn't usually bring seventeen-year-olds to the tournament. But we but can
1: pick. They're not there, so we can imagine yeah, they would have. We'll just pretend. Yeah. Live in a fantasy world. Uh,
0: let's go to the top three. Um, I think the top three is my top tier. So there's three guys at the top for me. I think, yeah. Okay. Caden Lindstrom is number three for me. Um, what could you want more out of a hockey player? Really? Right? Like he's a center six foot five, you know, he's already pretty, pretty physically developed, great shooter skates incredibly beautifully well for a tall guy. Um, gets around the ice really, really well. He plays physical when you need him to.
1: Unbelievable with his reach. Yeah.
0: Like he can, his only weakness to me really is just like, again, similar to Demidov and similar to Juracek. It's like seeing the ice well, you know, like making the right play at the right time. Um, You know, sort of that next level of thinking to be a more dangerous puck possession guy and a more dangerous playmaker. It's not quite there right now, but that—that's pretty much it. Like I don't—I don't know what else I can say. Like the tools are so amazing. Like at the very end, at the very least, you're gonna get a guy who will, you know, score points for you. You can put him out on the power play. He could probably kill penalties. Um, you know, like is—is like Kevin Hayes the floor on him, or like a Blake Wheeler? right where it's like i mean not even blake we like this guy's physical like this guy punishes guys once in a while i saw him getting a fight i think a couple of games ago um not
1: sure if it was a fight but there might have been some fists yes
0: exactly yeah something like that um but i'm a huge fan of caden lindstrom and uh, i know you are too yeah uh number two is berkeley Uh berkeley Catton rules um what else can i say the, the last couple of games I've seen Berkeley Catton play, he was outstanding. Like, just outstanding. Like, there was a day, a one-day period of my life, where I had Berkeley Catton number one. Like Really? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Good for you. I, I had, had Demedaw that won for six days. I,
0: I, I looked at Berkeley Catton and Cole, Eisen, or, uh, Cole Eisenman and uh, Macklin Celebrini back-to-back one day, and I very, very, very much enjoyed Berkeley Catton more, but I just think with Celebrini, the instincts are better. Like the, the instincts to project to the NHL, I think are a little bit better, but Berkeley Catton, like the guy he reminds me of a little bit is like a Clayton Keller, where it's like, he gets the puck up the ice absurdly well, whether he has the puck or he does not. He just, he knows where to go. He knows where to be. He takes, rec- his pass reception ability is remarkable. He has the, he has that next level thinking ability where he can stop up, create gaps to create, create passing lanes and sort of, you know, similar to, uh, who was I thinking of saying earlier? Like he'll, it looks like he's just dumping a pass to nobody and he tape to tape passes to the trailing forward, coming into the offensive zone, like stuff where you kind of aren't, if you like, if you might think initially you're going, "Ah, I don't know if this is going to work. And then it, but he just, it's, he was, that's what he wanted to do. Like it just uh, there, that was it um again another guy who doesn't really have the best supporting cast but also like who cares like involvement in 44% of his team's offense is ridiculous um granted Connor Bedard was up at 64% last year but that's Connor Bedard yeah. so Berkeley Catton i mean i get i guess i suppose i see some of the criticism where he's not the biggest guy you know he doesn't have like elite speed but the whole package that he brings is just ridiculous like the brain he has Like he just seems to be a mastermind, you know. To quote Taylor Swift, he's a mastermind, you know. And what if he's a mastermind in the NHL? I just can't. I think he is a mastermind
1: at the NHL level. uh, Yeah. It's the Artemanov thing. Like when you read the game with this amount of pace and decision making, and like everything comes across so intentional. When you're like, how did you even set up? uh, I swear you were setting up a different play entirely. Yeah. But that one worked, and it happens so regularly. You're just like, wow.
0: Yeah, huge fan of him. Um, And yeah, he wrestled with number one. So him, uh, Lindstrom, and this guy, number one, are in the same tier for me, Macklin Celebrini. So this doesn't surprise anybody. Yeah, EJ Emery first overall. Um, I like Macklin Celebrini a lot. I really, really do. I don't think he's going to be a world-ending hockey player in the National Hockey League like a Connor McDavid or an Austin Matthews. You know, I don't think he's that but I think he's going to be a very good NHL yes. center. He he has all the right instincts. He does not take poor shot attempts from around the perimeter. He tries to get to the net. He's powerful with his stride. He's a really good defensive forward too. You see him turning, causing turnovers and challenging guys at the blue line. His stick-checking ability is great. He can get physical if you need him to. Just a really high-end and well-rounded hockey player. I don't... I I... I Again, like I think there are other guys that can hold a candle to him this year. Um, but I mean if I'm going up to the podium first overall, I don't know how you go wrong with a guy like Celebrini, but I also feel like you know, like I don't, I don't
1: think he's gonna be the best player in this draft when it's all sudden. It's possible. I think but it's possible that's the case. Among the top three or four. It, the team who took him first will not regret no, taking him first. Not at all. It's like Nico Heesher. Right. Basically. Uh, not like as a stylistic comparison, but like, is New Jersey upset? Absolutely not. Is right. there arguably better players in, from 2017? Um,
0: Potentially. Kale right. McCarr. Kale McCarr. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Delias with Macklin, yeah. So with Macklin Celebrini, it's like, yeah, like he, I could see him very easily being a very good NHL player. The problem with me from him is like, he's 511 six feet tall ish but he plays the way that like a power forward in the NHL would play a lot of the times when I've seen him, like he's not super quick, but he's powerful. Like his skating is powerful. He pushes forward with a lot of energy. He wants to push the puck up with, with that power. He wants to drive to the net. He wants to drive to the middle. And I just want to, I want to get in the time machine and see if he can get away with that as much in the NHL. I think he could, And if he can't, he also is a great playmaker on top of everything as well. So it's not the end of the world, but to me, it's, it's just like, there's a few guys at the top who all I think have either elite high-end talent and great vision and all this great stuff. And maybe just a few tweaks you need to make, or you're just kind of crossing your fingers that certain things get better. And then Macklin Celebrini's kind of there as like just a really well-rounded guy with the right instincts. He's wired the right way. And could be a at least a difference maker in the NHL, like a needle moving guy who can score and can play off the puck pretty well. Um, so yeah, I, I I I like Macklin Celebrini, but I feel like I might be a little more tepid on him than most people. One timer is awesome. Yes, that's also true. He's a awesome one time boy. Um, so that's it. That's the top list. of uh, that's the top thirty two of the list. Um, Where's Luke Osborne, huh? <laughs> so. Yeah, so um, what I'm curious about, I want to have a little discussion now and include you a little more. Uh, so who like, who in your heart of hearts did you want to put in your first round uh, but didn't? Because I'm displaying my blog post uh, that is now up and this is the remainder of tier four. While you're searching for that, I'll just throw out mine. I would say Dominic Badinka, Beckett Seneki, and maybe Matt Vashurvin are guys that I kind of felt like deserved a first round rank, but I just... The, the, this range is so close to me that like, I don't know. And, and like Carter Yakumchuk, I saw a couple of questions about him. I like him. I like the skill level he's got, but he's really rough around the edges to me. The defending is an issue. Um, think like more confident offensively in terms of Zane Parik, but like a little bit better offense, but also not quite, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but with Yakumchuk, I just haven't seen. I, I, the guys ahead of him, I just like a lot and don't see as many rough parts of his game. But Yakumchuk probably should be higher, but I don't know who did you who are you throwing in there?
1: Uh, Badink is a good one. I'm really starting to grow on him. I know a couple other people on Twitter have been talking about him as well, which made me revisit him because I had been outdated in viewings and was like, all right, I see it. I just need I need to watch some more. Uh, this is the first time ever my tear break actually ends at 32. Hey, this is the first time go. I've ever had a tear break work at the end of a round. I was like,
0: wow, how convenient. So your answer is nobody then. Oh, uh, well, no, I wouldn't <laughs>
1: say nobody. Um, the top guy in my second round is your boy, Tobias Heinen, because oh, I go. have also started to really like him. Um I love Camille Bednarik. I oh, don't yeah. think he should like he he's not someone you want to be a first-round player, but then every time I watch but him and then I got, see other guys, he's I'm good. like, yeah. man. You are just yeah, awesome. He's fun. Yeah. Um, Jet Luda. Loot- um, wow. Luchanko. Yeah. Thank you. That was yeah. a
0: whiff. He's me. also a good one. Yeah. He's
1: got when he's schmoovin' and the evasive yeah. game is all there. I'm like, man, I'm a big fan, and you've got some fl- that fluidity, but there's some inconsistencies throughout it where I'm less sold. Yeah. I'd say those guys. I have them lower, but I adore Adam Kleber. Oh yeah, Adam Just Cleaver's a six-five rock star I think, defender. I think with
0: he's my top like tier five guy with like uh, good hit. he's yeah.
1: one of the top guys in the tier. I And have. there's your boy Luke
0: Osborne. So there you can stop yelling at me about him. <laughs> and
1: I had to. I put Luke Osborne in the first, so like I didn't have to deal with that one because that would have been the answer.
0: Hot takes here, but yes, um, yeah. I mean, I would, I agree would with love that, it yeah. if
1: Cole Hudson was like like. I was Mr. Lane Hudson. I loved Lane Hudson. I was yeah. like all year long from like this Day one. April of the year before. I was like, yo, this guy's a monster. <laughs> it, it's brother does not give me the same vibe, but I want it to, to be mm-hmm. that way because, of course, the fun. And I don't think he's a first-round guy, but just because I absolutely love him. I love John Whipple. <laughs> I like John Whipple a Sam lot.
0: is in love with John Whipple. <laughs> I
1: really like John Whipple's game. He's the best type of... I don't notice this dude when I watch him. Yeah, that's true. I, he's just the best But he version. just does stuff. He's one of those guys where I feel like if you ask a lot of the USHL players, like who's someone who's really like annoying to play against? The guys are just going to be like, John Whipple. Yeah. He pisses me off. Because he's just so fluid and good and skilled. I started to underrate him... Because he was something exceptional. Like, he was an aggressive, skilled guy just like a year and a half ago, a year, a bit over a year ago. And then the NTDB didn't place him in that role. So he just was like, all right, fine. I'll just be a stud defender with great puck control who can just make really quick decisions at pace and make sure guys struggle to deal with me. And then he did it. Right. So fair I mean, enough the adaptability in Whipple's game makes me a big fan
0: yeah I'm gonna throw y'all have to remember who sent you on this but I'm curious what the public's opinion of Fyodor Avramov is uh Capitan Stupino is a team in Russia playing junior hockey in Russia I love Fyodor Avramov I think he's I think so him. fun he's like a 6-3 winger um playing there he's like over a point a game um just a you know he's a just a guy who goes out there and makes good plays all the time. Wicked shot, just an unreal shooter. Uh, highly recommend him. I don't know if he would end up in my first round, but he's a. I've really, really liked him the more I've seen him.
1: Galvis was one more, but we already talked about yeah. him earlier. I really like Lucas Van Vliet. He's not a first round guy under any circumstances, but I like him. And uh, Linus Eriksson is the only. Dude, yeah. just I, I like Linus. I, yeah, I remember watching Eriksson last year in his very first game when he moved to J twenty, and I was like wow he's not doing anything yeah. but he's so close to, like he's just half a step away from play all the time and I feel like he's gonna do some cool stuff and now he's kind of starting to do some cool stuff
0: yeah really smart gets around the ice pretty yeah. well like just a really good dude to have up the middle of the ice um we i i did the math and we disagree the most on archiam levshanov tanner howe Emil Heming, Ryder Ritchie and Adam Urachek. So, Ryder Ritchie for me is ranked uh, low. Um, I've got him at fifty six. You have him, I think. I moved the first him up round.
1: considerably. Like I have cons- to watch him again, but recently. I haven't been sold I, I him had at some all. games sent to me where I like people were like, "These are the better games," which I went and I watched. I came away going, "Okay, I see it," but. I'm not a hundred percent sold. The skill level when it works is awesome, but I find he's mostly popping people out of the seats when I'm watching defenders who are asleep <laughs> at the wheel. Like I've seen moves I saw a move of him like dangle through like four guys, but three of them were basically an assigned watcher. Yeah. And then the last guy was like, eh. And just, like, not moving his feet and poking his stick out. And Richie just kind of, like, got through all of them. And I was like, all right, well, that was sick. But (laughs) how did that work? Yeah. And then the rest, I feel like you can see the details of his game kind of come together to be, like, a skilled bottom six guy. And there's just enough actual skill there. And the skating is fine enough where I can see him actually becoming... eh, pretty solid, better than you'd think nhl but right. he frustrates me a lot. He wasn't someone that I was expecting to have in the first round. Um,
0: yeah. I, ju- I just don't think he projects super well. Like, I just don't, like, he's a smart offensive guy. He gets the puck to the uh, middle of the ice. Like, he to me, he's like Luke Misa, but without the skating ability, which to me is like a tough call. Like, he started the season red hot and cooled down significantly. Now he's under a point a game. And I just, cause it's, I watched him play and part of it is he doesn't have many finishers on his team, I think. But part of it also is like, I don't think the pace of his game is super great. I don't think he's particularly agile. I think he applies the skill level he has really well, but I, again, I just, for the projection's sake, I don't really know how I feel about him. And so he's just been bumped down my list because I think other guys ahead of him, I just, you know, like uh, a Charlie Ellick or yeah. uh Stein Solberg or Carter Yakumchuk or Jet Lachanko. Like I just, those guys I think pop a little bit more than, than Ryder Richie does.
1: I think when all is said and done, Richie at 29 or whatever he is right now is the peak he will be. Right. I do not see him being a first rounder for me by year's end. But when I was trying to sort everything out, like if you said right now, do you like Ryder Richie or Dominic more? I'd say- Probably Ryder Richie. Or sorry, probably Dominic Badinka. I was going to say, I was about to throw you out of my house. (laughs) Say probably Dominic Badinka. I just need to see more of him to understand how I can argue that before I go and make somebody a first-round pick. Right. Which is why Badinka isn't currently just like a high second-round person.
0: Yeah. Badinka eats his lunch and then gets the puck off of him and then leaves him behind. Like, that's what happens if you're one-on-one with Ryder Richie, I think, if you're Dominic Badinka.
1: I just feel like Richie... But in yeah. that thought experiment, I agree. I just feel like I can see Richie playing in the NHL. Even if the, like, I liked what you said about he's Luke Misa without the skating, but I think uh, it's hard to explain why I think it works. It just, it does work. It's not working in an exciting way. And <laughs> I, it, the first round is almost based on the idea that he does get a little bit faster. If you tell me he doesn't, it's like, right. Okay.
0: Well, I mean, he will. You know, you would think so. I just, yeah, I don't know. Again, he doesn't it's
1: have the same safety as like a Tanner How, who I can yeah. absolutely see playing in the NHL. Yeah. You can see exactly the role he's going to play. You can see how he's going to assist his shots and stuff like that in the offensive zone. You know, he's not a play driver, but he just does enough of the detailed stuff that you kind of want from a player in your third line where it kind of works again and not yeah. a dude who I think stays in the first. I like how I think how has more staying power than Richie does.
0: I don't, my... I don't know what I think of Tanner. How honestly I've got how lower than Richie. I just have no idea. Like I, I don't think either of them project super well to the NHL, but with Tanner, how like the, the energy level is there. I like, like I like the energy he brings. Um, but I think Richie, I think just brings a better, map of the ice maybe and in sort of a more practical application of what he has i don't know but neither player really like rocks the boat for me that much uh considering who else is 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 quite high on my board um so the players that wait a minute why did i write those names down um I yeah, I don't know what that means. Uh <laughs> let's skip that. <laughs> but the players <laughs> the the players that um so what I did was I averaged Sam and I's list and I compared it to the average of the lists that I track. Um the players that we are highest on relative or disagree with uh the 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 world most uh, both good and bad. So players that were higher on relative to everybody and lower on relative to everybody. I noted Alphonse Frey, Teddy Stiga as the guys that were by far we were highest on. I remember doing this. I don't remember the last thing I had in the notes. But this I remember. We I, we definitely love Frey and Stiga together more than pretty much everybody. And Ryder Ritchie, Cole Hudson, and Aaron Haryu are guys that both of us on average have quite a lot lower. And I'm sure that average on Ryder Ritchie is brought down by me having him like 20 spots behind you. Um, but Hudson and Kivaharu definitely makes sense.
1: I would. Think. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, Cole Hudson. We were just talking about the difference between Lane and Cole. I think it was yesterday or the day before. And like right. Lane Hudson was someone who, with every touch of the puck, he was looking to f- progress the game forward. And because he was so good at doing this, people he could f- use those types of plays to set up fakes, feints draw people in and just make those awesome like wow he really blew the defense apart with that pass like they were really scrambling to kind of make up that space. Right. Hudson wait I can't say it that way. They're both named Hudson. Cole <laughs> has the issue where he gets the puck and he wants to do the highlight first and then if he can if he can't do it then he's like mmm All right, fine. I'll move the puck well here. There's some games where I watch him. I'm like, hey, he's playing within the pace of the team better here. Not like lane, but he's still doing better. And then there's other games where I'm like, he's trying so hard for a highlight right now. He's got weaker tools than his brother. He's even spookier, like Lane was a smart defender. He just had issues where you're mm-hmm. like, due to physical traits, Cole spooks me defensively. Yes, big time. Like straight up big spooks time. me, and I don't think Cole Hudson is an elite transition player. To the he's extent- a good one, he's a good but not one. What but he needs to be, yeah. And Lane think. was an elite, if anything, decision maker in transition. Yes. It's I lo- I want to right like I, know. I love Lane Hudson. St- I was such an advocate for the guy for so long yeah. I, and I enjoy watching Cole. But when I'm doing so, I'm like, mm.
0: yeah. Mm. Um, I, I very much agree. And with Kivi Haru, I just, again, like just I did not, I did not like him at the beginning of the year this year. And I just, again, like I just kept moving him down because other guys were playing and I enjoyed them more. And I have never been a huge Kivi Haru guy. Um, but, I am curious when he comes back, I will watch and sure he could end up much higher on my list, but from, I got to go off of what I've seen of him over the years. And I am. Um, so the last thing before we bang through some chat questions, unless you have to get up and run. Um, all right. Well, I wanted to bring up some of the guys that we left unranked, Um, and I'm curious as to why that is based. And so these are the guys that are ranked pretty much by everybody. Um, but aren't even on our list, like not even on my watch list. Um, so for me, it's Maxime Massé, Henry Muse, Tarek Parasack, Leo Saline walanius uh, and E.J. Emery. And for you, it was Matvey Shuravin, Maxime Massé, and E.J. Emery. <laughs> so, I mean, do you want to tackle the ones that we both had on there first? Like, Maxime Massé, I just watched him again to make sure I wanted to put him on this list. Um, yeah. I don't know what I see out of him.
1: I don't really, like, what is he going to do in the NHL? And that's my, honestly, I feel like that's the question. Checking forward,
0: maybe. Like a a checking forward, maybe. You know? Yeah. Maybe. I I just, again, so many more players interest me that play with more pace, with more skill, more... Like, he's a guy who, if you're a kind of coach who would rather your wingers just chip it up the boards and chase it into the neutral zone and win a physical battle chip it into the offensive zone, win a physical battle and gain possession and have a guy just grind the puck out and put it in front of the net. Sure. But like, when I look at Maxi Massey, I think of Nathan Gaucher a couple years ago and how much more I liked Nathan Gaucher as a potential checking forward in the NHL. Like I thought where Gaucher was drafted was completely out of control. But, um, but I do think that with Massey, you're getting a similar guy who wants to play a similar type of hockey but just is not on the same level in terms of speed and and physicality and everything. I just yeah, I don't know. And then at the at the top prospects game, I didn't think he really moved the needle much like at all. Or was he hurt? I can't remember if he was one of the guys that was injured. But point is, I watched him recently just to see if I was sure I didn't want to rank him. I didn't I didn't see
1: much. I pretty much am on the same board with him.
0: A lot of me. the same things you could maybe say about EJ Emery. Like I'd not a very I just exciting player.
1: See him as a guy who just like I don't think he's ineffective by any means at this level. I just see him as a guy who just takes what's in front of him. Yeah. And then does what's in front of him. And yeah. that's fine. But like what's that's gonna boring do his boring in the NHL? shell, he's what's his elite tools, Yeah, like, what's he like he's got Tools, I guess in theory, but it's in theory. Yeah. Like he doesn't he does. really use them. Like what do you, like how much work do you have to do to sculpt him into an NHL third right. pairing number six D probably not that much, but getting him anything beyond that is going to be kind of tricky. And yeah. I still don't even know, like why do you want him as your number six D it's like, okay. Cause, cause you can, yeah because he does like he recognizes when there's an open lane there and he's supposed to pass through it okay sure
0: like can he go out and eat minutes in the nhl one day i guess right like he's whatever right i feel like i
1: can just find him off waivers
0: it's a philosophical thing i think for us where it's like in the draft you kind of want to find stuff that's hard to find and with ej emery i just find it's like there's a lot of guys like him in the NHL and I don't know which like, and also this is also, I've seen him in the first round here and there. And that just seems to me to be, you know, like I can see why because he's big. I think there's room for physical development and he's safe, right? Like he's, he, he's, he doesn't take too much responsibility or risk. I should say he kind of keeps it simple, whatever, but, I don't really aim for that, right? Like if he's, if that's your target, then there's 40 other dudes you could probably target in this year's draft as well, who, or in free agency who will play that sort of defense first, simple, effective game. So I don't know. Um, Henry Muse is on my list of guys. I didn't have ranked. I did have him ranked for a while, but he's a guy who is all brain. That's all he is to me. Like the tools need to come so far to really become as impactful in the NHL as he could be. Like he's not the biggest guy and he gets beat defensively a lot. Uh, He moves the puck well, like his passing vision and he makes good plays quickly and often, which is fine, but only through his passing. Really his skating is okay, but not great. Um, The offensive game. I see moments where I like him and do I think he's a guy that I don't draft ever? No, but I, if if people are talking about him like he's a first round pick, I don't I don't see that. I don't know where that comes from. Unless you go, we really value how a player thinks, and the development part is all about their their on ice talent, and maybe you'll get something out of them that way. Which sure, fine. But to me, there's guys who are further along in that area that you might want to point your point yourself at. Where did you have Muse? I forget. Do you you have an...
1: 44 because sure. I did a viewing um, shortly before posting and it was like, this is his best one this year. Okay. <laughs> and like, it. it's all right. It's Real not... Real endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Muse before the year started and I feel like those who do keep giving Muse a longer leash were part of that. Like we watched him a fair bit before the year... We really liked what he had going for, a, for him, and kind of expected more. And maybe it's I saw more of what I was expecting, and I went, "Oh yeah." <laughs> Realistically, though, forty-four. Like I wrote in the my rankings, like the second round for me is broken into like these are the guys who I'm pretty sure are gonna be in my second round at the year's end, and then these are the guys who I have not a goddamn clue on yet. Yeah. And I'm still trying to figure it out. But, like, I kind of like. Like, a lot of guys in that second tier are going to end up passing guys in the first tier. Muse was placed pretty much at the end of the first tier. So, 44, 45 ish, by default, of like. You're kind of what I'm looking for with that game, knowing what I know you have, but this is more so of a placeholder spot because yeah. it's January, and <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see as the list someone, expands.
0: Someone also commented that he's right-handed. That definitely works in his favor as well, for sure. Uh, being right-handed, as we all know, is great. There was who was I watching? Was it no-handed? No, it was it was the I think it was the All American game where one team had all right-handed defensemen. I was like, okay, we've gone too far. Now left-handed defensemen are the ones we need to look for. It's crazy. Anyway, um, I also saw the comment about Jesse Pulkanen. I actually just tracked my first game of him this morning. He's still terrifying. He's terrifying. I, I don't I don't know why I, he's in the first round. On I saw someone's board where he's in the first round the NHL central scouting seems to think he's a top sort of ish round guy, couple rounds. I just don't M's think that's less I, than I,
1: zero interest.
0: I, I am curious. I'm curious if it's like a fourth or fifth round pick or something. And you have three or four guys that you're super excited about. The skill level is curious. He's super confident. Um, but, but Pulkinen is scary. He's a scary player. He, I think he gets by simply because he is so tall and lanky. And he is so confident, but he's really rough around the edges, to say the least. I just, I, and he's an 0-4. There's like, so much that has yeah, to go right. there's a lot that has to go right with him. But anyway. Um, he's a 2004? Yeah, he's but an 4 an 05. No, he's a late That's 4 That's even. He's like a November O four. 4 He's going to be 20 in November. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I get it, but I don't want it. Um, I've got Tarek Parasak on my guys. I don't have ranked because I just don't think he's particularly effective, especially projecting him to the NHL. I just don't, I just don't see it. Um, not super quick, not physical at all. Doesn't really do much defensively. Doesn't even do much in offensive transitions at all. Like if Andre Becker weren't on the Prince George Cougars right now, or Riley height weren't on the Prince George Cougars right now. Like if Tarek Parasak is on the Prince Albert Raiders, He'd probably be finishing for Ryder Ritchie and would not be as highly scoring as he is. He's also cooled down quite a bit since the first quarter of the year, I think. Um, and so, I don't know. I just, with Parasak, I don't see it. I know you have him ranked, um, but... I but, have
1: him ranked due to the reason, I guess, Sasha Pastajov got ranked a few years ago. But oh, like, I, like, I was not a fan of... Oh,
0: I'll take Pastajov every day.
1: Uh, Yeah, but like that's kind of where i'm coming from i guess yeah. with this one i'm one of those ones where it's like it's a january list where the second round wasn't nearly as looked at or like the 50 to 60 dudes i was looking at to decide the 34 in the sec or 32 in the second round were not looked at with the right. near the level <coughs> of
0: consideration at the top 32 were it's okay i'm not coming at you it's fine it's okay to have tarik paris i ranked i, I just, is it well, I can't say no. I mean, I, the anything problem with is possible. It is
1: like, I don't like having a player in a position like that and then going, well, what do you have about him there? And it's like,
0: points. <laughs> yeah, points. Like, points, 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 points. No, not for me. I like um, Riley. Hite. Yeah, the last one I do want to say is just Leo Celine Melanius. Again, a guy I watched today, to be sure. I don't see it.
1: Really, I I've actually I seen a couple of games where I'm like, all right, you're doing stuff. I don't think he's like, like he's not spectacular.
0: The the fact that he's in the same conversation as Alphonse Frey, if not seen as better, is mind that boggling. One, like that, that or, is mind you don't boggling even need to, to go me. That one, you can just yeah. go
1: with like Noel Franzen or something like that. It's yeah, like you can't.
0: I I could see Wallenius being on my list by the end of the year. Like he wasn't awful in the game I did today, but it's like he's a clunky skating guy. I think who doesn't really pivot all that well to cover defensively he wasn't really challenged all that much defensively in the game i saw his shot isn't great um it's just i wasn't very excited and i have never been watching him i think the world junior a's was really interesting because i thought alphonse Frey played awesome in that tournament and i never noticed solene willenius like a little bit Love but not name, really though. like i liked vigo Gustafsson more uh i like vigo Gustafsson if we're talking random swedish defensemen that you could maybe snag uh, he seemed more interesting, but that's the only other one I wanted to mention that that was unranked that most people have. Um, well, we can rifle through some questions if we have them. Cause I saw a couple of good ones fly by. Um, someone Ray, Ray says he's only here for the, for you. Um, mo- uh, most improved prospect could mean a million things. So I don't know what that means. Um, I'm That'll gla- be a good question at the end of the year. Yeah, I'm glad for Scott Prunovich doing well in St. Louis. I actually watched the Blues the other night uh, and thought he played really well. Um, I, I've liked Scott Prunovich quite a bit. I think he got hurt, though, and I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Green
1: Tree can get inside the top 10, but yes. I'm not sure It'd if it's going tough. to happen. But, like, yeah. he wa- he's he been positioned at 10 for yeah. me at some point this I year. I
0: want him to be there. I think that if all goes right, I he think w- he could be one of the best NHL players in the draft. Like. The resilience, the strength, the the play under pressure—it's all great.
1: He's got a man's game. He he's got a man's game. That's true. Really, like it's yeah. actually an Tanner Adams worth the mid round pick. I don't know if mid round pick. I need actually this. I, I watched don't know. a bit of him this year, Austin. I'll get back to you. Yeah. I need to go back and. He's re- all right. He's We've been very Adams good. We've talked Adams a yeah. lot in the past. Yeah. So I'll go. I'll get you an updated. He's answer. been very
0: good. Uh, no, Carter Yakumchuk in your first round is going against the green. What are your thoughts on the player? Yeah, so Yakumchuk is at like 40 for me. But I will say he was very good at the top prospects game, I thought. He had some rough moments, but he also had some exciting moments. Um, yeah, he's at 44. But to me, again, it goes back to if I'm drafting a defenseman, do, if they need to be able to defend at a high level. And I just don't see that out of Yakumchuk right now and he's also not the best puck mover up the ice. Once the puck is in the offensive zone, he's great. Like, he, he's he got a hard shot. He's got a lot of skill uh, standing still. He's confident. He, the things he tries to do are great. Um, you know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of like a better skating Jesse Polkinen, where there's gonna be moments where you're like, oh, I don't know. But then the puck gets on his stick and he pulls the skill out of his bag. And then you're like, whoa, okay, this guy could have some highlight reel moments. But for me, watching full games and multiple games of him, it's. I just. I don't know what he's going to be. And, you know, will he be in my first round at the end of the year? Like, he's in a tier that stretches all the way to, I don't remember where, like in the 20s. So it's not crazy to suggest that he should be there. Um, But I just. The guys ahead of him, like I like Matt Vay more for a sort of defensive leaning guy who can play defense. Jet Lachenko, Camille Badneric, Emil Vinny's a great goalie. Uh, credit to David Phillips for highlighting that. Um, I really like Emil Vinny, Linus Ericsson, just a really well rounded guy. Um, I don't know, I I don't, where do you have Yakinchuk? I don't 30. 30. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's reasonable. I think that's fine, you know. Um, the one person, so. Richie
1: and Howe were already kind of floating in this area. One person I had a great conversation with our Puck Prep's uh director of scouting, uh say Mr. Joel name. Henderson. There you go. I was gonna say Mr. Carter Yakimchuk. That's why I paused. What <laughs> about Carter Yakimchuk, who actually managed to sell me on an argument to move him up into the first round and bump um. I think it ended up being Hemming who was bumped down, and then I ended up getting hard, a little softer on Hemming sure. towards the end. Anyways, um, and he's not the type of player that I'm actively looking for, but I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge what he provides and yeah, how course. it can fit in even with my preferred style of play right. from my defenders. I think that ended up being like quite the – mature read from mr henderson
0: <laughs> right uh someone mentions that they heard mustard's dad uh unalive someone in the conservatory with a candlestick that's yeah, me that's too. a good that's a good comment that's great Me too. um yeah i haven't played clue in a very long time and i, I really should or at least watch the movie great movie by the way the clue movie <laughs> i swear to god i'm not even joking I haven't it's really seen it. it's really fun um have you seen alexander pleskovsky <laughs> no no no
1: I, I've i been trying to pronounce that in my head for the last, like, ten <laughs>
0: seconds. I'm like, I'm not saying it. <laughs> I'll write them down. Actually, the name seems familiar. Let's see if the link is purple. Oh, it's not. Right, uh, right. Mamonte I have seen this team a few times. All right, well, sure. Um, Berkeley Catton's highest potential. Well, I compared him to Clayton Messiah. No. Messiah. I compared him to Clayton Keller, and I think I could stand with that, you know? I could see it, but I I just think he could be an electrifying, brilliant offensive guy who gives you a good effort defensively. Like, I, he's great. Uh, What's Easton Cowan's highest potential and what's his floor? I mean, he's probably going to play. He's a hardworking dude. Um, You know, middle six maybe guy, I could see. Third line, really good third line, solid second line guy, something that like that. That's fair. Um, oh, is Ghost a comparable for Parekh? I personally think Ghost gets around the ice. Ghost Bear gets around the ice Gasper, better. Yeah. I think he just gets around the ice better than Peric. Um, mobile and fluid and fast. I think that's Ghost Bear, and I don't see that in Peric. This is a good one. With an example of Ustinkov and Heinen, how do you gauge projectability for guys who play little few minutes compared to those who play a lot? Um, how do you tell who strives with positive or negative ice time? Or like whatever, survives, um, whatever.
1: I think with specifically with those two players that you use, your Stingov and Heinen, and it's just, you can just see it in the short ice time. Yeah. Like you, they're just, they're doing the right thing. And you're just kind of, the game ends and you're like, they didn't get more minutes or something like that. It, you kind Or like you look up and it was like, one shift, second period, 1503, next shift, third period, 601. You're like, why? He didn't do anything wrong. What is wrong? Like those situations are the ones where it kind of becomes easier to judge. There are a lot of other ones where you're just like, I don't know. I'm not working with the best sample. They're deploying the player kind of interestingly. Yeah, He's not really getting a lot of chances. Like there are situations like that that come up.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think my answer is similar. I just, I, the player still is involved in the game, right? It's, you know, and you, you, sometimes you get, you don't get enough out of a player. Like I just watched a game of Herman Truff in the SHL and it, he just wasn't around the puck enough and it wasn't, you know, but there were moments where you kind of go, okay, now I know that this player can do this. Like the thing at the, the level like that, that I'm looking for is, are they overwhelmed? And you can tell that pretty quickly, generally, especially with like defensemen, um, you know, and when they have the puck, what happens? Like if they never touch the puck, that's one thing, right? That can be difficult, but I don't think I've ever tracked a game where that happens. Like I don't usually track games unless a player plays at least like seven or eight minutes because behind be- below that they're only playing like six or seven shifts and that's not helpful but there seems to be like a bit of a sweet spot to go a little higher than that. And so when I see guys that play, don't, don't play a ton of minutes, they're still playing. They're still, they're still involved in the game. They're still touching the puck. They're still having to play defensively. They're still having to keep up with the flow of play and all of that stuff can factor in. So sure. You get a smaller sample, but you know, at least for me, like with tracking data and everything, I'm still paying attention, like to every second that they're on the ice and every second they're on the ice matters. And even if they play eight minutes, that's 480 seconds, right? Count to 480. How much can you get done in the time it takes for you to count to 480, right? Like a lot, probably. Maybe not. I don't know. It depends on who you are, but sure. You know, like you could do quite a bit, you know? So it's like, it's like, it's like, maybe I don't know how good I am or how good someone else is at cleaning their house when all I get to see is how they vacuum the floors. But like, at least I know that they're doing a good job vacuuming. So the rest of the picture should, hopefully, if I spend more time watching them, I'm hopefully seeing more of other stuff that I want to see, and then I know who is good at cleaning a house. Immaculate answer. Like, something like that, you know? Or maybe they're cleaning one floor of their house, vacuuming one floor. Like, they clean one floor, and the rest of the house is still dirty, but they did a really good job on floor one. It's like, okay, well, yeah, the rest of the house may be a mess, and they might... Watch it but it's cool this is fine so far um Any
1: thoughts on terrence smith i saw that one i and
0: think that, he's fine
1: i just i, I don't really want to yeah. comment overly too much but i will say i did a viewing of him and i was put into a very last minute situation where i was about to post and i had 63 players <laughs> so because him in there no i took oh him, he's the one i took out oh boy i watched him and i was like there's this is probably the same for a couple other people here. I need yeah. to really figure this part of it out, but I'm I can't justify ranking him right now. He's just not someone I really. I've seen him yeah. a couple times. I'm just like I just don't really care.
0: Yeah, I think someone this is talking about Iserman potential attitude issues with Iserman. There's I mean I'm there's yeah talk. There's chatter. There's chatter, but like not.
1: It's it's not like some
0: yeah it's it's like it's more that like there's you you can tell when he's on the ice he can sometimes be annoying to watch like can sometimes be very frustrating so put yourself in the shoes of someone that's on the team right like it can it may be a bit frustrating to 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 with how he plays the game but you know there i don't think it's anything that like ruins his career or anything it's just it's just a, a hurdle i think um, do, 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 What's the hype on Noel Franzen? So yeah, he's 34th on my list. Um, I'm surpri- I, I don't know what's going on, why he's not ranked by uh, central scouting at all. Um, was he completely, yeah, added? completely off. That's uh great attacking defenseman. I think what? he's, he's an okay defender, but not great at it. Um, which is not what you want, but he's evasive. He gets up the ice. Well, he, he, uh, fakes guys out, cuts down the half wall challenges guys offensively quite a bit, you know, maybe not the best shooter, but he gets his chances. And I, I, I that's about as high as I think I'd put him. There are guys below him, like maybe Seneke, Shurevan, Graf, Bednarik, Luchenko, all those guys I could see ahead of him at the end of the year, based on what I've seen. Cause also I haven't seen Franzen in a while, but I, I mean, I certainly think he should be in the mix. And if he's a guy, that's a person you get in the sixth or seventh round, you may as well take the swing. I don't know uh are there many players from the queue on your list who do you think would go highest well a maxi Massey, i imagine is going to go first right i don't know who else in the quebec league is there um but for quebec i only have kiersey ranked i think
1: what I think. are the odds that someone in the nhl is high on poirier
0: justin poirier oh i've got eric mateko ranked now i forgot about that i saw him today threw him on the list but uh, not super high um, what are the chances someone in the wait? Sorry, what did you ask me?
1: Uh, Poya, uh, like somebody. I don't think a lot of maybe, NHL teams would be. But I think maybe later,
0: some. right? Like I could see it, but I don't. That it's a. I don't know. Like what are you gonna get out of him? Like he 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 moves All his f- the goals. He moves his feet and shoots from everywhere. Like he kind of reminds me of a Justin Cote from a couple years ago. Remember him? Like yeah, moved his feet a lot. Shot the puck a lot from everywhere and scored goals. Like, that kind of is what I see out of him.
1: Did Michael Haggs' injury hamper his transition to the USHL? Oh, yeah. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Do you think that's why you're not the level? Oh, I mean, he is at that level now, unless you're talking about the way he was. Like, when he was, when puck preps was looking at him at first, back when he was like 15, 16, this dude was like a, like he was like fifth or sixth on their board. Like, he yeah. was a rock star he is really 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 good still it's just goes to show how high end of a player he was beforehand and i think considering the major thing people are commenting on is the fact that he just want him to be faster it's like and missing an entire year of physical like he couldn't develop his skating the way that other players did and he's still caught up with them i think yeah. he's been hampered to an unfortunate amount but i do not think it will stop him on his path to the nhl and i hopefully he just makes full progress and just like catches up skating wise and yeah i mean he's not a bad skater by any means i don't want to make it seem like he is yeah um
0: uh, is jake gardner a comparison for Carter yakumchuk i mean maybe I don't think he skates as well as Jake Gardner did. Jake Gardner was a hell of a skater. Maybe, I mean, if we're going with that era of the Toronto Maple Leafs, maybe a, a, a Cody Franzen might be more apt, you know, skilled offensive guy. But yeah, off the rush and defensively, you kind of want a little more out of him. Um, to clarify on comments on Demidov, it reminded me of Zherdev. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that, look, there's an, there are universes out there where Ivan Demidov does not turn out to be what he could be right? Nikolai, Nikolai Zherdev, when you read about it or what happened there, it was just a failure on like so many fronts. Like, so yeah, I mean, I think interviewing Demidov and like challenging him a bit and pushing some of his buttons might tell you a lot about the type of player you're getting, but God, like if it works, he's a superstar. Like, I don't, and I, I, if it works, which it might not, he could be the highest point producing player in this draft. And like the guy you want when you need a goal, right? Probably maybe Celebrini's in there, but yeah, it's a short list if it's not him. (laughs) Okay. We can end on this one. Thoughts on my innate ability to watch hours of MHL hockey without psychological effects? Have you? You
1: don't understand that you actually do have some psychological th- that's, effects. That's that's a
0: good point. You definitely have psychological issues right now.
1: You just don't you don't understand it yet. But
0: I also will say, have you considered starting your own cult or monastery or something where you tell people the way that you gained the ability to do something like that? Because like, imagine the potential of people in traffic. Like if I had the types of patience and wherewithal to, uh, to, if I had the wherewithal to have that mentality, I would love to have it in traffic, for example, or something. But in any case, good on you, you know, good for you, but goodness gracious, that can be a challenge. Um, so I guess we'll call it there. It's been two and a half hours. I think that's enough. Um, took a little while to get through my list longer than I thought, but that's okay. Um, Sam, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much Before we me. go, I did want to mention one thing. Um, I saw an ad for this and I watched it the other night, but if you haven't seen, and this is great for this audience, but if you haven't seen, if you have Amazon Prime, go on Amazon Video, Amazon ah. Prime Video, and watch the Alexandra Daig documentary. It is, it's only 45 minutes long, so it's like a mini series thing, but it is primo. It is awesome. Like the first 40 minutes of the 45 minutes are incredible. I think it falls apart at the end when it comes, goes, gets into his comeback and his time with Minnesota and all that stuff where he was actually good for a while, but it really dives into the psychology of hockey players and especially like the, the culture around hockey and the way that it can, Not only skew development, development, but also overwhelm children and also the culture of hockey being very anti-fun. Like the the documentary, like one thing about Alexander Daig that is out there about him is that his attitude sucks. But upon reflecting as an older man now, he's like, Well, when at that age, when I said all that crazy stuff in the media, I barely knew how to speak English. And the way I talk in French is very, not aggressive, but like date lackad- like relaxed and very sort of like, I have fun with the way I talk, but I didn't know how to properly do that in English. So the media took what the things I was saying from face value and saying I had a bad attitude or something, you know, and everybody was talking about how he liked fast cars and rumors about dating Pamela Anderson and all this stuff. And he's just like, can't comment on any of that stuff, but like, I just was a young kid who had a lot of money and was having fun, and everybody seemed to hate it. So it's like what do you do It's like if Alexander Digg were alive or alive. If you were playing now, he's alive. but if he were drafted right now, I feel like his career would have gone significantly differently. the craziest I'll, I'll I'll end on this the craziest part of that it's after he gets traded from Ottawa to Pitt to Philadelphia to play with the big thing he mentions is I get to play with John LeClair. I get to play with Eric Lindros, Rod Brindemore all these legendary Philadelphia Flyers and which he did not have in it in Ottawa, Ottawa. It was like, you're the guy now you, you are our hope, which is a bad situation to put an 18 year old in, right? Like is bad. Um, but anyway, he gets to his second, he scores almost 30 goals in Philadelphia and his exit meeting. He says, you know, my goal is always to score 30 goals next year. Like I want to score 30 goals. I want to take steps in my offensive career. And Bobby Clark at the time is like, well, that was the wrong answer. Cause he doesn't like hearing that the player's goals are to score more, right? Like that's the attitude that he had. So when he comes back to training camp that fall, Roger Nielsen, rest in peace, is coaching. And he goes right up to Alexander Daig on like day two of training camp and is like, yeah, we're going to play you on the third line and you're going to be a defensive forward from now on. And, and, and Dague is just like, excuse, he just was like, excuse me. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, we don't think you play defense well enough. So we're going to stick you there until you play defense well. And your days of scoring goals are over. And we just want to give more offensive minutes to the big boys. And he was like, well then why am I here? Like, what is happening? Like (laughs) what he's like, I just had the best year of my career and we could be a Stanley cup winning team. And you're completely changing the way I play anyway. Fascinating documentary. Uh, he's a really cool dude. Um, and I highly, highly recommend it to anybody. Um, but that'll be it for tonight. I think, uh, thank you very much to our sponsors. Of course, fanatics, you can scan the QR code, uh, or check the description uh, for the link and it'll give us a kickback on everything you buy. We're also brought to you by puck preps where Sam and I both write along with some other smart people. So you can help pay our bills with a subscription Except over there for Jordan, right? Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Malette is the worst, but uh, actually no, we shouldn't send strays his way. He, he lives in Ottawa. He has it bad enough. Uh, where was I? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fractal hockey consulting, which is my, uh, my company dedicated to hand track player analysis packages Dedicated for college, Europe, and whatever else an organization might need, and of course, Scouting.ca. The QR code is up there above us there, uh, and you can, or you can just go to Scouting.ca, where a subscription gets you all kinds of fun data tools, a really fun Discord, uh, a really fun Discord server where we throw video around all the time and yell and scream all the time about all kinds of stuff in the world of hockey, uh, and it's worth a look. So thank you very much, Sam. Thank you. Thank this was a good time um and uh we'll be back on thursday afternoon to do an all-star game preview show so tune in for that it's going to be a lot of fun this weekend and uh have a lovely next few days adios